0: Blood Talk Radio
1: Blood Talk Radio
2: We're going to sing about the faithfulness of God. Are you ready to sing with us? We're going to sing about His faithfulness. He's such a faithful
1: God. I've seen Him show up for me in unique ways. You know, that's why I, I'm quite reckless when I worship I thought no anyhow, anyhow. Anywhere beloved. Somebody say anywhere beloved. Are you ready to worship God with me like that?
2: That is the kind of worship I want. To so put your head somewhere. Be because Your mercy, because your mercy. Hey, hey, hey. Hey,
3: hey, hey. let's sing the song again. My life, my life will never, 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 never leave the stage. Because Your mercy. Is the God that we serve. Thank you, Lord. And we are so grateful because our God is good and our God is faithful. And we can always trust him and depend on him because he will always help us. He will always be there for us. He will always fight for us. My brother and sister, trust the Lord only. And you will never regret it all your life. And all the years that you will live on this earth, if you trust the Lord, it will always go good with thee. And even when bad things happen, as some people say, God will turn what the devil means for evil into good. He will Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Shahashua. Thank you, mighty Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Yeshua. Thank you, brother. Amen. Thank you, Brother Shredder. Praise you, Lord. Of <laughs> the enemy is not going to like the topic we have for tonight, so he's going to try to do everything possible to try to uh, cut off the program When everything seems okay, my brother and sister, because we're going to talk about fallen angel also tonight, and that's a topic the enemy doesn't want out. That's information he doesn't want out because that information, hallelujah, will open the eyes of people. We'll play some audio, amen. Thank you, sister. We'll play some audio about it later on. Hallelujah, vision, revelation of fallen angel that people have from God. My brother and sister thinks that we will need to be ready in the last day, preparing fasting, praying, seeking the Lord, getting ready. My brother and my sister, what is coming? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because even to Sister Celestia, the Lord revealed to her, in one of the audio earlier that I was listening to, she talks about, hallelujah, fallen angel. And there's audio, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see if I can go ahead and, and play some of this audio to you, because a lot of it, I don't believe it, it's all related to she does, she does mention a lot of information there, but I want to go ahead and, and, and just play some of the audio so you can see what God said to her months ago that we should be getting ready, my brother and sister. okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua, for in the days to come. She talks about fallen angel. And just because we were talking about it, I wanted to have some evidence of, of God revealing to other people these things that, hallelujah, he's been showing to us through dreams and vision. Hallelujah. That are, were really, hallelujah, uh, will be manifesting, happening in the last day. My brother, thank you, Sister Luna. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. We serve uh, such a wonderful God, such a good God. My brother and sister, how can we now be, hallelujah, grateful for his love and his mercy because he has been merciful to us. Every time we need him and pray, we, we call upon his name, we seek him, and he's there for us. He's faithful, okay. As a worshiper, he's faithful God, we serve a faithful God. So, Jesus, is my rock. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Yeshua. What an awesome, awesome God. We serve. So, before I go into the word, I want to please just to shout out to Sister Celeste In regard to this, God told us that we'll be coming in the last days of the sea. Amen.
1: The water lodges that people take covenant to. Because West Africa will not come away from feeding people into the sea to appease sea creatures that have been coming and eating one or two people from the village and the town since I don't know how many hundreds of years ago. And you can't evangelize those places because they have seen those serpents in the sea. They know that thing has told them, if you don't bring this amount of sacrifice per year, I'm coming out, and then everyone will feel my thunder. So those people politely, they're like, listen, you're Jesus, we haven't seen him. But this serpent, it ate the chief 60 years ago, and we're not taking chances. This is what it means that the underbelly, the belly of the sea will be uncovered like a woman lifting up her skirt. And I already brought the prophecies about how the sea will move so far back that God said we will see things we've never seen before. The creature that I saw was multiple stories high. The sea had gone back. And I was standing there, and I was thinking, Lord, this is more arms than nature can create. This is more arms than we have ever seen in the sea books of creatures. This is what the Lord has said. So as we are watching for him, here is what he said. You will see the appearance of strange lights in the sky. Satan taking his moment to deceive with what? Two Thessalonians. Um, two The lying signs and wonders of 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. I have been speaking about that for months, that you should know these aliens are coming to show themselves before anybody goes anywhere. Hear the Lord's words. Watch for the sign, for they are ushering in mark of the beast, kingdom of the beast, the one who tears much flesh and he destroys even the bones and the bone structure of men. Let us go into this, for I am finishing these things. Why would God say that the beast that is coming, speaking of in this case, because the beast is a multitudinous kingdom. At the very bottom, it has men serving the agenda of the beast, Revelation 13. But you go up and you will find above the heads of those men, They are taking their instructions from strange creatures, creatures who increase in ranks. For instance, these creatures that are human-like, very tall, very good-looking, male and female, extremely blonde, ice chips, ice chips for eyes, all manner of light, 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 blue eyes. Tall people, beautiful bone structure, very good looking, completely human looking, not a single human thing about them. They are a higher type of strange beings than for instance the greys, some of whom are tiny and very disgusting with the reptile sticky like stinky skin. And then other greys that I said shocked me to see that they are so tall that when you go into the supermarket Their heads are up where those supermarket signs hang, above the shelves. That's where their heads and shoulders are. I never knew that they can come in that height, that size. So there's definitely ranking for them. And here is the Lord talking about them and saying they destroy bone and bone structure. I have a prophecy.
3: Thank you, Lord. I'll, I'll play more later on because the information... I'm going to show you four different profile five, that six words, I believe was Sister year um, that talks about basically the same that the Lord has given in seven with me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We have we have to have the seven. Okay, about these creatures, about these fallen one, about these Nephilim. My brother insisted, and, and there's a lot of reason why uh, this past week China was was given to make a crystal ships, CPU ships, electronic ships, crystal, okay? And, and you may say, well, what is, what is the, the, the significance of it? Well, let me tell you how significant this crystal ship that China made is. The entire scientific community called Biden, the White House, and said, you need to make peace with China. Because we all need to get our hand on this ship that China just made. Okay? Biden went a few days immediately to speak to the nations, and he called, just to make peace with China, he called China's spy balloon, silly balloon. Okay? So, and a lot of people don't even know why, but I'm explaining to you why. Did he they, they have to do that? And immediately he called, he called off this, every every agency off away from poking into China anymore. Okay? My brother insisted. And there's a reason why. But the main thing is that now he he's calling China to be in front with China. And the scientific community wants to get a hand on this ship because this ship, we got the premier supercomputer in the U.S., the most powerful computer there is. This nail small ship is as powerful as a building a supercomputer that they, made, they came up with in China. Okay. So everyone wants it, all the scientific community wants it, okay. and it's, it's specifically for AI. Okay. You have a ship that you can put in your cell phone, low-power ship, that it, that it will be as a thing as powerful as the premier, you can look up premier supercomputer. Okay, that can pass billions of information in seconds. It can transfer, it can process. So you can imagine how it, 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 it's, the chip was made with, with crystal like diamonds. Okay, very difficult, almost impossible to make. And the chip was tested over 100% um, um, accurate. It can process information with over 100% accuracy accuracy is the word okay so this is a big deal it's a big deal it's making the u.s pull up. everything they said against china just to try to get a ship from china okay which they'll be making the president of china said they'll be they're going to secure this, this that they just it took them 20 years to come up with this and you know the, the hand of fallen angels are in this because there's no other way okay my brother and sister. And so things are changing so quickly, my brother and sisters It may not be for the good, and we know it's not. The only one we can trust is our Lord Jesus Christ who will get us out of here. Okay, for, for them to get to this level of, of technology that it seemed impossible years ago, now it's in the end, my brother and sisters, it, it's just so incredible how things are changing so much. Okay, so I'm going to give you some verses tonight. Of course, I'm going to give you audio later on, but I'm going to give you some verses and explain it to you okay just so you see that there's nothing new under the sun anything about this life the life to come in heaven jesus said it's in his word okay so we just got to pray ask the lord go into the word read it it's there the lord can show it to us if we don't see it we ask the lord show me show me show me show me it's all in his words i open my bible when I'm immediately to the word it's there okay everything is in his word okay um, they are working right now with side galaxy to the Earth. These galaxies are close to the Earth in our solar system, where where fallen you are bound there. And they're 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 putting they have today in Europe billions millions of dollar machines connected with CERN to pull out someone falling from one of the stars. Marvel existed. Pray, pray for you and your family. Let's pray. The Lord had said this to his prophet months ago. Today is the day. My brother insisted. They believe the star comes near the earth 30, every 35 years. If they cannot do it today, it's going to take another 35 years. And we know that God is allowing it because the great tribulation is closed like never before. Okay. Oh, otherwise they will have to wait another 35 years. My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. Amen. Let me go ahead. Let me go into the word. Hallelujah. Uh, Jeremiah twenty five thirty two. Thus saith the Lord host, Behold, evil shall go from, shall go forth from the nation to nation. In great whirlwind shall be raised up from the coast of the earth. Okay. From the coast of the earth. My brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. And I said today, but it's tonight, midnight, midnight. But so we pray. We, we, we need to, 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 okay? Now, these, these, these stars are bordered to the earth, to the side, to the top, to the side. They're to the side of the earth. I want to show you this in the Bible, okay? In Jeremiah 50, 41, 41 behold, a people shall come from the north, a great nation. Many kings shall be raised up from the borders of the earth not from the border of the nation borders of the earth god says in his word borders of the earth that's the language there in the word of god my brother insisted borders of the earth i believe this is the king james bible or the might be the, the word bible but borders of the earth borders to the earth my brother insisted. Okay, kings shall be raised up from, the Bible says. They're going to raise these kings. Why are they there? Because they're bound. And only through the sun they can raise them up. You can bring them back. And they're bringing them back from the borders of the earth. That's what these starts are. And that's what they're doing. And that's in the word of God. Jeremiah fifty forty one. 41. My brother insisted. There's no coincidence. There's nothing new under the sun. My brother insisted. It's incredible. Jeremiah fifty one eleven. Make bright arrow, God of the shield. The Lord has raised up the spirit of the king of the Medes, for his device is against Babylon to destroy it, because it is the bending of the Lord, the bending of his temple. Hallelujah. Oh my Lord. Medes was really terrible, destroying wicked, fallen one. And they're going to be raised in the last days. When you talk about the men, it's like talking about Goliath. It's the same Goliath, who David fought a giant. My brother says Genesis six, the, the giants, the Kings, these, these Kings, they believe they believe to be in God on the earth. When they were on the reign, the fallen Nephilim, they call themselves God. This is like the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch is such a struggle with humanity. The first Pentecost church in the book of Acts believe in the book of Enoch 100%. The last church don't believe in the book of Enoch. They don't even ask the Lord. They just say it's not of God, and they walk away. So what made the, the church of the book of Acts believe 100% in the book of Enoch? In the church in the last day not to believe in the, in the book of Enoch. Were they wrong and people are right today, or is the opposite? Because remember, these people were being led by God. They didn't even have angels among them from God, sent by God, ministering angels. When, when Jesus was, I got to take you there, in Act 1, because I have to, you know, sometimes you want to go over the Bible and just um, tell people certain things and and. You know, sometimes proving it by the word, it, 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 it it's, it's another way to get people to understand that these people were not without, my brother insisted, without the leading of God, okay? Without the Lord being there with them, my brother insisted, okay? um, Thank you, Lord. So... Praise the Lord. Act 1.9. And when he has spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud. We see them up out of their sight. Okay? This is not a vision. This is not a dream. This is the Lord Jesus after the third day that he risen again that he was seeing him for over 120 people, my only and my sisters, okay? They are gazing on him. They are looking, they are beholding him. They are seeing him right in front of them? and why they look stiff out toward heaven. I see, one now? behold, two men stood by them in a white apparel. Now, these these this King James says, man, other Bible says angel, specifically angel. Okay. They just had a form of man. The formation is a man, but these were angels. My brother and Okay? Who say, oh, ye men a Galilee, why stand ye gazing up in heaven? The same Jesus who is taken up from from you into heaven, he shall also come like in the manner you have seen him go into heaven. So this is even regarding to the return of Jesus in the manner. Born, that you saw him go up, he's coming back again in his second coming. My brother and my sister. A confirmation of the second coming spoken by angels of God. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. It was such a, it's so powerful because the angels are there to confirm, to be witnesses. My brother and sister, to be witnesses of what the Lord has said is what the Lord has spoken, okay? And when you, when you look up the word angel in the New Testament, you'll find ministering angels. You'll find angels back in Genesis. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, throughout Genesis, you find angels coming to people, talking to people, visiting people. So it was not a strange thing to have angels among people. Okay? Like it was not a strange thing to have fallen angel fallen angel among the nations. And one thing I was meditating on today is that it was said that whoever killed Cain will be avenged seven times seventy. But here's the thing. Who was Cain feeling? Bible insisted. The question is, who was going to kill Cain and who ended up kill Cain and who did fear? That's the question. Who did it fear that the fear was that whoever killed Cain will be a bane 70 times? Father insisted. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me go there. Hallelujah. The, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, that drew me out of, out of this day from thy face of the earth, from the face of the earth. The face of the earth is where you and I are today. We're in the earth. Getting out of the face of the earth is getting into another planet or galaxy. First of all, just, just to make that clear, okay? A type God saying, I'm going to put them in another star, galaxy. I'm going to bound them in another galaxy. Okay? Removing them from the face of the earth is removing them from the earth. Okay? Everything that's in the word of God. Remember about this life, the life that come in heaven? Shalom, Bollemite. So, behold, that has driven me out of this day from the face of the earth. And from thy face shall I be hid. And angels are, are hid, as we say, from, from the face of God. Because when God took me to see in the 200 that are bound down there, they're very ugly. Why? Because their beauty came from God. They are separated from God. They have no more beauty. That's what that is. No more beauty. Why the demons look so ugly? Because they're separated from God. They have no beauty. Their beauty came from God. Thank you, Lord. Okay? For my face, I will be hid. And I shall be a fury, and a vague on the earth. Okay? And I sh- it shall come to pass that everyone who find me shall slay me. And basically, this is what happened with the giant on the earth. They were slain. There's tons of books about giant being slain. Okay? They were slain from the earth. Okay, And I say this yes because giant or between a man and a woman, <clears throat> shooting a man and woman. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. So the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slain Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him, sevenfold. And the Lord said, mark upon Cain, let any find him, and shall kill him. But who? The question is, who was a threat to Cain? Because when Cain leave from the presence of the Lord to the to, to the east of the garden, the angel, fallen angel, welcomed him peacefully. Namathem attacked him. the fallen angel attacked Cain at this time. They became friends with him. They welcomed him. He married one of the daughters. So they were not violent yet. Okay? Let's continue reading. So Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, going the land of Nod to the east of the garden. This is the, land of Nod. this is the land of the fallen angel. Nod is a leader. Every time they had a leader, a king, they named the land with the name of the king. So we can say Nod is a king. Okay? So Cain goes to the land of Nod. Okay? I, I remember, because I researched it so much, I really wanted to know the meaning I'm not, okay? And the meaning, my brother and sister, in reality, is tied to witches and warlocks. The land, the land of fantasy. The land of Peter Pan, okay? My brother and sister, the land that we call today Disney, fantasy. Peter Pan, and many other ones, okay? That's what that land and not means. That's the meaning behind it, which is warlocks. okay? Fallen ones. That that was the rain. It was a line, that, a, a, a place that they can create a fantasy for themselves. In another word, they were trying to make a place like the Garden of God. They placed it to the east of the Garden, but their idea is God created this we're going to go ahead and create our own garden, basically. Okay? Disney is a land of, of dreams. It's a place of dreams. Fantasy. Witches. So the land of Nod is like Disney today. It was all fantasy. People were there in a place of fantasy, which is a warlock. That was what the land of Nod was. Because they cannot make what God made in the garden, or oh, the animal, or oh, the beauty of the river, or oh, the gold, everything, Adam and Eve. They cannot make the original, make it original as God made it original. God made it on the earth. The devil in them was trying to make their own garden, my brother and sister, their own garden on the earth but they could not make it like god so what they created was a fantasy a disney a place of wish and like it, it was their place it was their garden it was their earth like the land of nadia i mean i can go on and on and on because it's just been. but that's exactly what it is their own fantasy But you see that when Cain head to the land of Noah, he is not, there's no checkpoint. we got to check this guy. What is this human doing here in the place of the giant? No, no, we cannot allow him. Nothing like that. Cain went into the land. My brother and sister, when you keep reading, Cain knew his wife. He finds a wife there. You know, and, and, you know, the Bible doesn't go into the details saying, "Well, Cain saw this beautiful young lady, and, and immediately when they saw themselves, they fell in love. It was love at first sight." You know, she, she immediately came thought, "This is the woman he wanted to spend all his life with." And she, when she saw him, you know, immediately she 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 thought, "This, this is the guy. This is he. I know it's him." You know. I know it's him. He's my prince. He's the guy I've been waiting for. And that's the extended story. But here we're only given that he found his wife. And but see, something not to be ignored is that when you find the right one, the one that you want to marry, the one that you want to marry, okay, I'm going to say from right to left, when you find the one that you want to marry, it's because you believe you find the right one. And so, so to Cain, when he head to the land of Nod, and the Bible says he found, he found a wife there. He knew his wife. Okay? He, it's like he found the woman of his dream. Although the place is a place of fantasy. So Cain fell fine acquainted in the land of Nod, in the land of fantasy, in the land of witches and warlocks in Disney, Cain fell happy there. No complaint at all. This was the place that Cain found happiness. He found a wife there. He knew her right there. He was the happier man you ever saw. Found his wife, the woman of his dream. Babylon insisted. in the land of not. Really in the land of fantasy. Okay. So the Bible gives us that information that he knew his wife. She conceived. So they got married and they began a, a family. If God gives you, you and I more detail on this fine woman that Cain just found, fine young lady that he just found, here's what the question that you and I would have asked. But God, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's not human. Okay? He is born from Adam and Eve. He has the human nature, but she doesn't. Okay? And then it's, well, she half human. Okay? And then we have more questions and more questions and more questions. So God has to give us enough for us to say, okay, she's from the fallen angel. How does she come to be? That is not given to you online. Because I believe the explanation comes to you and I about this woman is in our later life. When men, the son of man, come to the daughters of men and they have children, and you can see fine young lady and fine young man coming out of these people, the only thing is that they are giants. So most likely, Cain's wife was a giant inside. Cain could have been about seven feet. This woman could have been about 12, 15 feet. But it seems like, and I see that relationship from this, the tallest woman on the earth, it's a Brazilian woman. She is very tall. She's, she's married this guy who probably about five feet something. She's almost, she's almost twice as high. And they walk and they show you on a video line, they're very happy with each other. They come together, they're married, they're going to have a family, children. Okay, so this is kind of what Cain will look like in his life. My brothers, he married a daughter of the Giants. She's very tall, very high, but she's very beautiful. According to Cain, he's in love. He's in love with this tall, big, young lady. Okay, she looks young, but she's very tall. And he's in love with her. And, you know, who's going to be who's going to come against this happiness? You know, you got to let them... Be happy. He wanted to marry her. They got married. Now they're having children. Marvel brother, my sister. So after they bore Enoch, the first child, he built a city. And called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Marvel brother, my sister. So in the mind of Cain, immediately these these architect, or engineering, or carpenter, go ahead and make a city, because that's what you need. The tool, the tool, were already imprinted in his DNA, in his mind. He knew how to make a city, build a house, build a building, build weapons, build this, build that. It was engraving cane. cane knows how to knew how to make these things. He goes and make a city. That means pipeline, all the things you need for bathroom, whatever. Cain knew all this stuff. He's going on as a carpenter, as an engineer, as an architect to make a city. Because that's what it takes, right? So that's what Cain had in his mind, in his understanding. He had his son Enoch, and unto Enoch was born Irad. Mahavir resisted. Really These names, as they said in the Jewish language, they are prophetic. They are important. They are meaningful. The significance of the name tells you even the skill of the person. Enoch was born from the first child of Cain is is a is is a professional. For smart man. Iraq is the daughter also she's smart. My brother and sister. She comes with her own skill. And Cain, you know, being first there, building the generation. They have the chance, the opportunity to begin to build, to begin to form to begin to create, put their idea into action. My and sisters. Ira began Matuel, Matu began Matuel, Matuel begat Lamek. But here's something missing in the story that we are not told. The first daughter of Cain, my and sister, Ina was, uh, was born in Iraq, till so Iraq comes from Ina and his son, his granddaughter. Where, did, where is the, the husband of the da- granddaughter comes? She marries another giant, but a man now. Now it's the opposite. Cain marry a fallen one daughter's His granddaughter marry a fallen one son. You notice how the DNA now is mixed both ways through the woman and through the man. What is the giant trying to accomplish here? They are trying to accomplish is to suppress, to, to have control, have dominion themselves. Just as they were trying to build a garden like God, which they could not build exactly like God because God, when he makes something, he makes it perfect. God makes it perfect. And perfect means this, God gives his creation the freedom to choose. I don't mean, even the know had have the freedom to choose. And the devil kingdom don't work this way. They don't get the freedom to choose. They have to do what, what, what their boss, of the devil has to say to them to do. Men, the obligation is what they have. Slavery and so much more. And this is why we have slavery later on the earth. Where does the idea come from? The giants. Men did not have the idea. So how, did, how, how is it that some men wanted to have slaves some of the men wanted these men to be free, as God meant them to be, because some of the men that wanted to have slaves had had giant's blood, DNA and them from the mix of the blood. And because the children of Israel that came up later through Seth, about and Eve, the third sons which come in the nation of Israel went and took women later on from the woman, from the grand-grand-grand-grand-granddaughter of Cain. And by doing that, the DNA of the giants, was still one of grand 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 granddaughter, and the grand-grandson of Adam went and took some of them for wife, and that's why later on you see the priest telling them, you need to say goodbye to your wife and son and send them away. Really you, know, you need to send them away because... Now, the DNA, the problem with the DNA is the, the, the priest Ezra understood the problem with the DNA. God wanted them to be separated as a people chosen and elected by him, but the giants were looking for an opportunity to take their DNA of the people, of the sons and daughters that they already have through Cain, and mix it with the sons and daughters of God. And then the idea was to have dominion not just over their own people, but have dominion over God's people also. That's what the devil was looking for. As the devil took dominion from Adam and Eve in the garden, and now death has the power to kill, God knows, the devil knows that God has given man the power, the authority also to his own people, his, one he called. And then the devil kept looking for an opportunity to take that power and authority away from man. And it looks like today, in the last days, like the devil has taken all the power away from the church because there's no rebuking demon and principality away anymore. Hardly anyone is doing it, but the church of God, the Lord, still has the power and authority that Jesus went and got on the cross for them. So captivity, captivity, hallelujah, gift unto men, the Bible says. So we haven't lost it. We got it back to Christ. But the devil is still looking to take it away from people. My brother, my sister, we got to be careful because what happened here through Cain is a repetition of that is happening in the last days. Whatever the devil was cooking through Cain, putting together through Cain, is coming up together in the last day today. My brother, it's the same idea. Lamech Tuhan unto his two wives. In the name of the one was Herath, the name of the other was Out of bore Havan. He was the father of those who dwell in him. And now those who have cattle. So they needed a mean, a way to eat meat. And then as they were multiplying, some were gifted to deal with cattle. And some were gifted to build tents. His brother's name was Javard. He was the father of all who handled the art and Oregon. So now they're also building music. And that's why today you got the world music, which originally comes from fallen ones from the fallen ones, and then you got God music. what have the devil been doing for the last 100 years? Give you an example. Trying to miss God music with the devil earthly world music, okay? Try to take the music of Michael Jackson and try to take a Michael from the people of God who well know who worship God, and put it together. Bible and sisters, Okay? So, Shalom Doreen. This, this, this is what's happening in the last days. The devil, like in the garden, after Cain left for the presence of the Lord, he, he, the, the devil saw a great opportunity to mix and to multiply. Mix and multiply. That's why like God is against missed, He just says, be thou holy, because I am holy. The word holy means separation. Now Mix that they will mix to contaminate and bring down. God is not for mixing. God is for separation unto the Lord thy God. That's what holiness means. And that's why the priest was told to be holy, and that's why the prophet was told to be holy, and that's why it was told the people also to be holy unto the Lord thy God. Matter of to be separated I love it how Isaiah, when God gave him a word in Jeremiah, they, Isaiah will come from the mountain where he will be spending time with God and come among the people and will say, thou sayest the Lord. But, you know, you didn't see Isaiah in the midst of gossiping, in the midst of people doing this. Or that. He was totally separated from God because he knew he needed to be in communion and union with God, not with the people. So when God will give him a message, he will bring it to the people and, and give them the message. And since people knew that Isaiah was a total separated man, you see that in the time of David when Isaiah comes and comes to the priest, comes to the elder, comes to the palace of David, he had a message for David. He asked that he will, he will be allowed to speak with the king. And then he speak with the king. The king allowed him to come in. Then the king, the Isaiah said to the king, he gave him a story about the man and the sheep, that the sheep was part of his family. But this rich man who had a guest, who had many animals, went and took the sheep from this man to sacrifice for his guests and take, instead of taking one for his own sheep. And David got really angry and said, this man shall die. And I said, looked at him and said, that man is you, my brother and sister. But Isaiah comes from the mountain. Isaiah comes from total separation from the people and everybody else. He's up there with God. He's in the mountain like Abraham with God. Just what Abraham understood from God, that separation up in the mountain, I said what this way, my brother and sister. So then he can come and deliver the message, and now I can say, oh, I said, so you're gossiping here and there, and this is why we need to be separated unto the Lord of God, because people can't accuse us of being in the middle of other people gossiping, doing saying this, doing that. We need to avoid all that, you and I, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 4.22, So Phila also bore Tobal to- Cain, Tobal Cain, and instructed that every artifact, brass and iron, sister, Tobal Cain was named uh, the artifact of these technology that we have today behind it was Tobal Cain. Tobal Cain. His name goes with his skill. Okay? His skill goes with his name. Whatever we made today that is similar to that, like computer, is still to Vulcan, It's still the same fallen spirit, fallen demon that is in operation today. The fallen demon, every single technology, computer and all that has to do with to volcano. But what the devil means for evil, God turned it around for good. My and sister, his skill was to develop all these things for evil, for AI, artificial intelligence to control the world and kill humanity. But God says restored time before the Lord comes to get his church. God is allowing him to, to use his tool to preach his gospel. Prepare a video message, put it online, reach out to other people and wish they can come to the Lord and be in say, come to the knowledge of the Lord. So you see that God is taking control, not the devil. God allow these things because they must happen. They must come to pass. Okay? As he says to John, when he was going to be baptized late let our justice be fulfilled. It has to come to pass. Without guilt, without murder, without someone take, do it, making an act, doing an act, they cannot be judged. So all these things have to happen because it's a white throne judgment. They're going to be judged for it. They're going to be thrown in a lake of fire. Okay? My brothers and sisters. Because that's what they want to do, and God is allowing them to do it, and then he'll judge them for and throw them in the lake of fire, simply as that, my brother and sister. Their action goes according to their skill. Verse 33, then Lamech said unto his wives, hallelujah, he immediately, he and Lamech changes marriage. Because he didn't have one, he had two. When Jesus was asked about marriage, he said that God in the beginning made a male and female, and for sure man will leave his, his mother and father and cleave unto his wife and be one that's genesis 2 24. okay cleave unto his wife someone said to me earlier but brother Obi, here in genesis there was no mother and father god he he is how prophetic the word of god is when god spoke these words to adam and eve in the garden genesis 2 24. there was no mother and father god, god just I created God just had to created Adam and Eve a few years back. And it was only Adam and Eve. There was still no father, no mother. There was, they still no children yet. And what did God say? That's so you see that the word is prophetic. It's going to bless us, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Let me put it in the chat room. Hallelujah. Therefore, man leave is father and mother. And shall cleave unto his wife, and there shall be one flesh. What is God saying to it? God knew that men will be, will multiply. Not only that men will sin, but that men will also multiply. And that they will have children. Because God already has spoken his word. Prophetic, a prophetic word. My brother and sister, cleave unto his wife. I was also reading early that the, the Bible says that a woman... The prophet said that a woman in the new earth that God will create will surpass the man. I look at the different Bible translations to see what the man, it says that the woman will protect the man. Right now, man is supposed to be the head of the house, the protector of the woman and children. So I say somehow God is not pleased with what's happening today with men. Because the Bible says that the woman will protect the man in the new earth. Explain that to me now. Okay? Explain that to me. How is it that the woman will surpass the man? The woman will protect the man? Well, it's supposed to be that the man protect the woman now. God is not pleased with what humanity has done. But at the same time, women will be as powerful a man in in, in the protection. So not only were Adam supposed to protect his wife, but also his wife was supposed to protect her husband, Adam, so if you, if you try to figure out what was Adam when the serpent was deceiving Eve, then you're going to have to ask the same question, then why did Eve left her husband alone? Because if the woman is supposed to protect the man, and the New Earth, which is like the garden of Adam and Eve, they both have the obligation to protect themselves, to, to protect one another. See, not only the man needs to be looked, the, the man needs to be protecting the marriage, but also the wife has a 50% obligation to protect the marriage. Remember, Pastor, why told me years ago? If a woman keep her husband happy, and if she never wants to divorce that man, she can make that possible, she says to me. And she had me thinking about it as well. How can she say that? Because if a man, you know, for whatever reason, have problem with his wife and wants to divorce and you know, and go, be, go marry someone else. How can she say that Some she believes it's after the woman for the divorce not to happen? And she had me thinking. She really had me thinking about it. She always was studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God deeply. She would get up early in the morning, have the Bible on her, be fasting, be praying, and reading the, Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible. And she said this to me. She really had me thinking. But I look up that the woman, the prophet said, will surpass a man in the millennium to come, the woman will protect the man. That means that God meant it for the woman to protect the marriage. So as the man was supposed to protect the marriage. It's not today, Judge. I want to divorce this man because we don't understand each other. That's not an excuse for God because the woman can't fight for her marriage as the men can. See, one thing, one excuse you can have with God is If your husband wants to leave you divorce, you leave you for another woman, then what you do is you fight for your marriage. That's what you do. You fight for your marriage. And if after that, still, your husband wants to leave you, divorce you, go go marry another woman, then you are free in that regard because you fought to the best of your knowledge for your marriage. But uh, the pastor wife tells me that if a woman fight for her marriage, she don't see the divorce, and she can she counsel. She sit with a couple in her office, her and her husband, and they I believe counsel thousands of people. Okay, not to get divorced and all that, and she will take the woman apart, set her apart, and speak with her, without the husband, and say, Look, if you fight for your marriage. Well, we there will be no divorce in this marriage. There will no hope. Listen to me, okay? God wants us to be together, not be in divorce. But if you, as a woman, fight, she said, because she said I had done the same with my husband, and we had gone through a lot, and we're still together. So, as a woman, fight. The marriage is still there. She believes. As a husband will say the same thing to the man. Fight for your marriage. Don't just give up easy. Don't let anyone come between you and your wife. Fight for it. Fight for her. Fight for him. And so it's always fight, fight, fight. And the fight is do whatever you can to keep your marriage. Both. Not just one. Because see, a lot of counseling today is, oh, the man Needs to, no, this is 50-50. That's what God is saying to us. The woman protecting the man in the millennium is because she wants to keep her marriage and the man will have to do the same. My brother and sister, 50-50, 100% given to each other. Okay? A hundred percent, both. There will be no divorce in the millennium. No divorce in that regard. And both of them fight for the marriage. So if God meant it this way for the new earth, for the millennium, so there will be no reverse, both fighting 50%, then the couple that are giving up today, someone is not fulfilling the 50% obligation or responsibility. There's someone not before God not being responsible. Someone is making excuses today because God meant it for them to both fight for their marriage. In order for them to stay together, because however the temptation comes, and I know some people, brother Elvis is so unfair because I try fighting for my marriage, for my wife or my husband, you know. But that's exactly where it is. their 50 percent was not there. Your must have been there, but now they're 50, and that's where God holds are responsible. My brother is But if the knowledge comes from the word, and we teach the word how it is and we come with the knowledge into the marriage, then we fight for the marriage. Okay, so the question is, why was Eve alone? And the serpent was speaking to Eve, what was Adam? So the woman can say, Adam was not fulfilling his part, his obligation. But then you also have to say, Eve was not fulfilling his obligation. Because if Adam was not with her, she should have been looking for Adam. The question is, was he looking for Adam, and was Adam looking for his wife? You see, that's the question. Were they looking for each other? Because when the marriage is separated, that's when the divorce comes. But as long as they're looking for each other, they're working out their marriage. And we can see with Adam and Eve, that the Bible says that Adam, they knew his wife. Okay? They look for each other again and they conceive again after they lost Abel and they lost Cain who left and then they have set. I see they, they came to know each other again. And the question is, what happened? They didn't know each other before. Adam didn't know, know his wife and his wife didn't know her husband. Why did the Bible give gives us that? that? They came to know each other. And the question is, that in disagreement or problems in the marriage, that's when you become to know your wife and, and your wife becomes to know the husband. My brother and sister, there's knowledge that come to come about when they even come and have disagreement. The disagreement doesn't mean separation or divorce. It means a disagreement that you need to work through in your marriage. That's what it means, simple. My brother insisted, today, every little problem gets amplified. My brother insisted, everybody's putting in a magnifying glass of the little, 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 little problem, and that creates a misunderstanding. That brings confusion from the enemy. The fallen angel, what they did in the beginning is happening again. See, when we read about Cain, the justifying, the justifying here, and Tobal came, and Lamech he has two wife. That's not acceptable. That's not what God established in the garden. How come Lamech gets to have two wife? That means that the the significant of marriage, the constitutional marriage that God established in the garden, the commandment of God, are not being obeyed, are not being respected, are not being kept, and not a looming curse. And as today, the, the, the court of the Boers and people, that's not, a, that's not of God. My brother and sister, commandment of God are not being kept in this temple. But having more than one wife, my brother and sister, it's a sin. As again, that's again God's commandment who established the marriage between a man and a woman. That breaks a commandment and that brings judgment. Which that's what really came upon the giants. That's why you don't see giants walking the earth right now. Because the judgment came to their own destruction. Their own behavior and their own life came to their own destruction. You can see, God was in the garden. Adam and Eve were in the garden. What was there? The Holy Spirit was there. The angel was there. The Lord was there. Everything was peaceful in the garden. In the east of the garden, you got the land of mud. You got the fallen angel. Everything is peaceful. You don't think God angry. Oh, I'm going to destroy these people to the east of the garden because I don't like how they're living. It's like... You know, my brothers and sisters. Then Aracila here hear my voice. La mesa unto his wife. Adasila, hear my voice. See wife follow me. Hiking unto my speech. For so I was slain a man. For by warning, a young man, for my hurt So he slain a man. He had killed someone now. He's telling his wife he killed someone. My brother and sister, he already know of the consequence of his grandfather, Cain, that when he killed his brother, the Bible said the earth was cursed for that reason. So now they're having problems growing tomato, growing fruit, growing everything they need because of Cain, of, of Cain killing Abel. It's a consequence going on right there. My brother and my sister. So Cain, if Cain shall be avenged seven four, truly that makes be seven and seven four. Okay, he is declaring his own judgment. Not only did God say that came will be a bench seven times, Lamech for some reason feel like he needs to say, well, I'll be a bench seventy times. Okay, not God saying this, here's Lamech saying it, my brother and sister. That is a sign of pride. That is a sign of him trying to be God. Because God did not say what he was saying. He was saying it to his wife He's establishing his own law and commandment. Who is he? He's not God to be in doing so, but he's doing so. That means he has, a, people say, a complicity of a God. God complicity is what he's acting like. So Adam knew his wife again. She bore, hallelujah. And she bore, there you go, and so called his name, says for God says she had appointed me to, to another seer of Abel instead of Abel who came to Praise you, Lord. So you notice that Eve is still thanking God for, for, for giving her another son. Acknowledging God, knowing God, thanking God. That's a good sign. When people are being thankful to God, are still seeking God, acknowledging that God is the one who gives us what we need. The problem is that when people don't acknowledge God, when God provides to them, when God supplies, when God opens the door, that's a problem. That is a big problem. That is the behavior of the fallen angel. And that's the behavior of will Not of Eve and Adam who God just gave him Seth. My brother insisted. So unto Seth also there was born sons. He calls his name Enoch She began to call men and then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Notice that Seth did not have daughter yet. And this is an argument that you can always bring to anyone Say they did not have daughter, He has sons, but not daughters yet. He will have daughter later on. Why is this so significant? Because women are the ones that have the boy children, not men. Okay? So in order for, for, for a generation to come, they need to, he need to have daughters from his wife. So they can marry her children. Because women are the one that have children, not men. So this time is still on hold. So what's happening with the generation of Cain, they are multiplying from the giant. They're still marrying women from the giant and men. This is the problem here. This is the problem. How they are multiplying is wicked and evil. Because it's the seed of the giant multiplying on the earth. But God has said to Adam and Eve, to Eve specifically, that her seed will be against the sea, the serpent sea. Back in Genesis chapter 3. Okay, one seed, one generation, will we can the other generations. The generations of Cain, which are the generations of the fallen angel, will be against the generation of Adam and Eve. The chosen one, the blood, the Israelite, that's called later on, Jacob. Marvel insisted. It's different generations from Cain and them who had nothing to do with the giants and the fallen angel. But Cain, Cain generation did right from the get right from the beginning, they were mixed with fallen angel blood, right from the beginning. And the outcome of that is evil upon evil, contamination upon contaminations. where today the, the religions of the world, the religions of religious people of the world are mixed with fallen angels. I'm going to play you an audio about this later on. Where in the biggest religion of this earth today they're bound fallen angels that they talk to every day and get information from them on how to lead their leader in religion over the Earth. And this is why there's so much confusion, chaos on the earth, because what good can come from fallen angels? You see, the land of awe is a land of imagination. It's a land of fantasy. So what these people got in their mind is fantasy, imagination. They think that one day they're going to conquer the earth, they're going to reign, they're going to establish their own kingdom, like the Arabs. There, sometimes I have watched someone from Iran, Tehran television, where I hear the leaders of Islam in Tehran saying how they're going to eliminate the Jewish people from being a nation. That's a fantasy. That is a fantasy that comes from the beginning of the fallen angel. That's an imagination put on them, that this is the way it's got to be. Who, who's put in that imagination? And the fallen angel did. It's already in the DNA. So when the imagination is already in your DNA, because the one the, the mother was a fallen angel, the father was had human flesh, and as human, you, you miss the two DNA together, you, they're, they're going to get the imagination from the fallen angel. And so that humans. So all these children that their dream is to in- annihilate Israel as a nation, that they will be no more. It's a dream that is in the DNA, it's in the blood. And you can bomb the daylight all day long as, as United States and other countries have done to the Middle East. They have bombed Syria, they have bombed places in Iran, they have bombed all these Arab nations. Is the imagination going away? No, because it's in the DNA. You can bomb their base. You can bomb their home. You can bomb their the facility. You, you can bomb them all you want. You, in Afghanistan, you can bomb the mountain. You can bomb the hiding. You can do whatever you can do. Russia back in the 70s, have problems with Afghanistan. They same planes. They bomb the living daylight out of those leaders and those people. You think that's, that happens in the 70s? You think that still in the 80s and 90s, those people have been practically... In, in, Annihilated, eliminated, they're not going to be provoking anyone soon. What well, you see United States, 40, 50 years later, bombing still that land back again. i like, why? Because in, the, in their DNA, it's full of imagination. They're full of dreams to eliminate Israel and the United States. You cannot get the, by bombing the family the building, the religion, the mosque. No. Because that's what's in them. It's already in them. From the fallen angel. And it's going to go on until Messiah return. And with the uh, 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 appearance of his coming, when Messiah return, this, this was so awesome because I was ministering to one of them one time. God gave him a dream about this young man in the dream, God takes them in the spirit for the second coming of Jesus. He's standing in the Middle East like I ram, standing there. And Jesus shows up in the cloud with great glory, as the Bible says, in power. The power that comes out of Jesus goes through all these men. It's like he abolished all imagination from the fallen angel the DNA. They all fall on their knees, crying like babies, my brother and sister begging the Lord for mercy to forgive them. And the, the, the thoughts, the imagination of wanting to kill Israel is not there anymore. It's eliminated. It's gone from their mind and their heart and their DNA. So you see what the problem is, it's in the DNA. And only Messiah can remove it. The Bible says in Acts 10, that he came to destroy the work of the devil. What is the work of the devil? The work of the devil began in Genesis, began through Cain. And it went on contaminating, mixing the DNA all the way to the end. And we said, there was putting together an army for the last days. He's awakening the giants. My brother and sister, hallelujah from the 28th to the 29th. They want to raise one of the most wicked ones that have been on this earth that killed so many people, Zeus. They say, his star will be in a galaxy near the earth, as I gave you the verse in Jeremiah. And they, they are using CERN and all these things that they've done, they want to bring them here, into a clone body. The Lord showed this woman of God that when they do this, it's not going to be easy for humanity because he's really, really bad. But they want to bring him to this side. He's locked up right now. They know where he is, and through the sun, they can see they want to bring him back tonight, midnight hour. It's wicked, it's evil. My brother and sister, but they're not thinking about you and I. They're thinking about what they want to accomplish. Jeremiah 50, 41, Behold, the people shall come from the north, a great nation, many kings shall race out from the borders of the earth. Not from the borders of Damascus, not from the border of Jerusalem, not from the border of the United States, from the borders of the earth. That's what these stars and galaxies are in our solar system. And from there through CERN, they want to create a passage to bring them in. My brother insisted. But it's not going to be good for them because why did God bound them in the beginning? Why did God bound the wicked and their devices, the Bible says? Why? Because God knew, if you if you listen to the book of Enoch and read it from Amazon, they've got really good copies, you'll notice that they were destroying humanity. These wicked were destroying humanity, even drinking the blood, and so much more. Okay? And God, my brother and sister, when, when the angels of God cry to God and say, God, look what these fallen ones are doing. God heard what happened, and God said, I bound, bound them, blinded leader, bound them, which they ended up being bound in hell. I've been there, the Lord took me there. I'm glad the Lord confirmed me that the book of Enoch is true when he took me to hell, because I saw them 200. They're there, bound. I saw their leader, I forget his name, someone know, please put it in the chat room, He is blind, just as the book of Enoch says. Just as the book of Enoch says, he is blind. When the Lord brought me there, I saw the leader, their leader, blind, his eyes, my brothers and sisters, blind. He cannot see. Very powerful for an angel, but he's bound there. Okay, brother insisted. wicked. Those I believe, as the Bible says in the book of Jude, the bound unto the that great de- judgment. A brother was telling me years ago as he was seeking this in the Lord, seeking more information. The God, God revealed to him in a dream. God took him in the spirit to the that great river Euphrates and shown these demons that are bound there also, and then. He asked the Lord, what about these other fallen ones? And the Lord said, these are bound unto the day of judgment. And he says, Lord, but why, why are these in the Euphrates River going to be losing, but these other ones are bound unto the greater judgment? And the Lord, And it was explained to him that the reason why those 200 will be bound unto the greater judgment because they're very powerful to, compared to humanity. They can wipe out humanity quickly those 200 that are bound just as they did in the times of noah they they it's not that their sons and daughters are not going to do more wickedness they, they they're not going to do wickedness of course they are when they are released but these was was his place of brother in that revelation in the spirit as it was taken there that these other 200 they're, they're too powerful too evil for humanity humanity won't be able to handle them so they but they and the other reason is because they've been Appointed for that reason until the day of judgment, those two hundred cannot never come out of there. Never. But the sons and daughters that are in, under Antarctica, under the four rivers, Euphrates rivers, and some other places on the earth, which I also see, they're going to be losing. My brothers and sisters, they're going to be losing in the last days. That's why, beginning the great tribulation, Father said to me in heaven, that while the church is here. The Nephilim sons and daughters that are bound that are going to be coming out of the CERN will not be coming out until he, he removes his children from the earth. Father says, to me in heaven. So that's very significant to us, knowing that they will not be released. Now, some have been allowed to be pulled from their prisons because the great tribulation is so close that whatever they are, they're still not allowed to go out into the public. And do as much harm as they did in the times of Noah. They want to, but they're not allowed to. They got their limitation. They got their limitation. Their angels of God are all over the earth. So it's not like they can run out and just go ahead and do what they want. No, the angel got older. The angel can can fight them, grab them by the neck, and bring them back where well, they need to be taken. God, like in the Book of Enoch, have a specific name called by name, a specific angel called by name. Who knows how to fight them and deal with them? So these fallen ones know these angels very well. They're not going to this their God because if God releases those angels upon them. They know the angel will, will handle them very, very well. They're well, well-trained back in the times uh, of Noah. They, these angels were released upon them. They went and got hold of them and lock them up, my brother and sister. So it's not a problem of controlling them like some people think. God is in total control. God has his army of angels. And the moment God orders them to get hold of them and, and bring them under, under seduction, under control, they seduce them. They have no problem. My brother and sister. Amen. They have no problem at all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Are they going to return? Hallelujah. Yes, they are. Because the word of God must be fulfilled. They're going to return to the earth. And of course, they're going to do and bring all kinds of wickedness. Marvel insisted. Hallelujah. So, verse 8, likewise, also the filtered dreamers, the fire of the flesh, despise opinions, speak of evil dignity. The, the, the illusion which is like a dream, it's already in their DNA. These filthy dreamers, these are not dreams like when you go to sleep and you have a dream. These are images Imagine in their mind, in their imagination that is going on in them 24 hours. It's going on all the time. Remember back in in Genesis, I want to show you this. Just a reminder, so you because we talked about this before in Genesis chapter 6. How was their mind? Say? Okay. Mahaprabhu insisted. Their, their thoughts were continuously evil. The Bible says. Something that is continual is something that doesn't stop. Mahaprabhu insisted. Hallelujah. There was continuously going on in their mind. God saw the wickedness of, uh, of the men uh, was great on the earth that every imagining touch of the heart was evil continuously. So you, they, they had the mind, their heart so corrupted, so contaminated. But see, here the thing is, the DNA. The problem is not just putting a machine to your head and having your mind go continuously. And not so much of Elon Musk Introducing a chip into your mind and, and, and you being able to be in control. It goes beyond that. I think what Elon Musk has got to prove this week a, of a chip being put into people's mind it's going to empower what's been sleeping practically in their lives. Why have them been so sad or, or so calm when that chip is put in there? It's going to empower their belief. What's in the DNA, will be empowered through the ship. And when the time comes, it will be very powerful to begin to kill humanity. Behead humanity is the key. Okay? Sh- sh- what is it? Sharia law, law is going to come into place. They're going to begin to kill people like they did in the old days. Sharia law. It will come to pass again, and they're going to behead people as they did in the past. That's what that ship that Elon Musk is working on. And now with that shiny crystal ship putting together, it's going to be so powerful, you know, that the the spy balloon, what we call by Biden, silly balloon, which already happened. My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10, but these evil, they speak evil of the things which they know now, but they come to know naturally as a brute beast. And the things that they corrupt themselves when you break down the word of god piece by piece just in order to understand what god is saying the word is brute beast corrupt himself and brute beast this is why you're going to get when when the great tribulation began the people that have been vaccinated with the of vaccine will turn into werewolf the people that have been vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine. Well, we take into beast, blue beast, like the movie. The 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 Johnson and Johnson two had a beast. The astronaut Seneca flying birds, talking birds. Okay, that's what you're gonna get. Four different, and then out of the boos and all the things, you get you get bats, vampire. Which already see a lot of thing, a lot of things from more than vampire. Out of the boos, you also get zombie. You're gonna get zombie. That's why immediately after they created the vicin, they have to make sure there are boosts to the vicin. Because the boosts are very significant, and they are not so related to the vicin. They are related because they're wicked and evil, but they're not the same thing. They have to have the boost, because some of the boosts are going to turn people into bats. But some people are seen from the Lord in dreams. Um, they're going to turn people into zombies. They're going to turn people into different things. All of these were planned from the giant from the beginning. As they did in the, in the times of Noah and the times of Lot, so will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Look 17. Nothing different. It's just a formation of DNA. My brother insisted, medications. Ph- ph- pharma. Pharma. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me put it together, Lord. Pharma. Which pharma medication has to do with which has in surgery, in black magic. So when they forward the medications, truly comes from, from black magic and all that, which the Lord showed me years ago, took me in the spirit, a place that was with, with uh, a pharmacist that closed down and moved to another building. The Lord took me in the spirit to this place, and I saw demon and principality in the spirit having a meeting there pharma. And, and they were talking about how they, what they have done to humanity so far through the medications, my brother and sister, through, the, through everything that they were doing, which was the place of the medications, so the medications that these great company are, are putting together are all with the help of fallen ones. Their hand, their dirty hands are completely into all these medications, my brother and sister. And this is why the Lord has told us that we need to pray for any medication that we will have to take before we take it. And the Lord wants us to make to be our healer so we don't depend on medication too. My brother and sister, because it contaminates our body. Since it's witch and warlocks, when you take a medication to help your lung, it ruins your heart. Pharmakia, Thank you, brother. Pharmakia. Since the Pharmakia, which, which is in Warlock and, and Black Magic and all that, when you take a medication to help your heart, it ruins your lung. When you take one to, to help your lung, it ruins your heart. And you know there's these side effects that they always have. And one of the side effects that I see a lot in this latest medication commercial is death. Death. People dying out of it. My brother and sister. Okay? It's Terrible. Terrible what these people are doing. For Marquia, it's a myth of witches and sorcery and black magic and all that, which came from the fallen angel that they taught men according to the book of Enoch. They were the one who taught men all these things. Not, not Moses in the wilderness. Moses was to raise the brown snake that when they look at it, it will be healed from the being of the snake. But the snake, the brown snake, represents the Christ. So then when Daniel see him later on, he saw him exactly he had bronze in him. But it was bronze feet. Like bronze feet. So representing Messiah. My brother and sister. The snake in that form represents the Messiah. Okay, why a snake? Because Jesus stepped over the snake, the dragon, the serpent, that old serpent. He steps on the serpent. The bronze is in his feet. He steps on the serpent. That old serpent. My brother and sister, isn't that incredible? Thank you, Lord. Well, unto them, verse 11, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Notice how it brings you back to Cain. My brother and sister, he begins with the fallen angel, and then he points to Cain. Man, how many people I hear that Cain had nothing to do with a fallen angel today. When the Bible itself, itself says it is. They say it's not. Man, we need to pray. We need to fight. We, we need to seek the Lord. Because the Bible, God says it is, and they say no, it's not. Who you are going to believe? Like Elisha said, choose you this day who you will be served. It's, 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 it's simple. It's in the word of God. Well, unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. It doesn't say they have gone in the way of this fallen one or that fallen one. No. Cain. It begins with Cain. See how we began with Cain, this Bible study there? It begins with Cain. It begins with Cain. My brothers and sisters. Okay? And it begins with Cain if you say, but well, that was, brother, that was before the blood. How can you relay what happened to Cain when anything after the blood? Well, see this verse here tells you who else went in the same, who else was, was part of that contamination? and have run greatly after the Erevalon for the reward, perish, the gay saying of Korath. So Korath was another one of them, DNA. This is DNA. And see, the thing is, since their mind is continuously evil because they're demon-related blood, DNA, then Korath and anyone that comes afterwards, since it's the same DNA, their mind is correct it's still the same. That's why when you go back to Jew, what is the same? That the, the, they're corrupt, brutal, brutal beast. You would not believe that this corrupt, brutal beast is in the DNA. It is. That's why I began to Cain the father. And to see the follow afterwards. My brother insisted. So the same mentality that Cain had, in which he, he ended up killing his brother no matter what, he was going to kill him. If he had 200 brothers and sisters more, he would have killed him also because that was in some DNA already. When something is in your DNA, I watched years ago of men who have killed for years many women, many people, a serial killer. And this man is in prison, bound by chains, most of the time, 24 hours. He was begging the guard in the prison not to lose him ever. He begged the judge not to let him go out ever see it as the opposite to men trying to claiming they're, they're, they're not guilty in court, seeking mercy to see if they are released in 30, 40 years. This man never wants to leave the system. And it's not because the food is great, the mashed potato is great, or, you know, no, of it. it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the way he, because he was being interviewed, remember. It's the way he knows himself that he is. He said continuously in his mind is a desire for him to kill as a brutal beast. So he called himself an animal. He said this is how strongly in his DNA and in his body. If they release him, he said, I will kill again, he says. My brother said, that's what the Bible says about these fallen ones. It's in their DNA. You can't change that. Only God can change people's DNA. Only God can. The talk continuously is evil. Kill be killed, as they say. Haven't you heard that? Kill be killed? That's what's in their mind continuously. So if you think they're going to have mercy on you, they're not going to have mercy on you. If they get a chance to kill you, they're going to kill you. And that's what they're finding now. Look at that young lady a few months ago, weeks ago, who killed all those people, she knew that the, 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 the special forces they sent there to kill her, she knew one of the soldiers injured her and said, drop your weapon, we're not going to kill you. She says, I don't care, I'm going to try to kill you anyway, kill me. And he ended up killing her. See why? Because the, the she had told her grandma, I believe it was before, that this thought of evil was continuing to lend her, that she just wanted to hurt someone, you know, and, and, and the grandma probably should have called the police, put her in jail so all these people will not be killed. But that's what's in these people's mind, and they are going to end up killing. Because the killing desire is stronger than they and them. It's in their DNA. This is why psychiatrists cannot understand why these people have a strong desire to kill. And the Bible says a brutal beast. Brutal beast. And those things, they corrupt themselves. Because that's what corrupt something. In order for you to corrupt something that is good, that is not corrupt, you have to bring it into corruption, put it there, leave it in there. And if, it, if the corruption is flooded by liquid, it's going to end up corrupting that that is good in there. That's practically how this people DNA it is. It's corrupt already. They're born with the desire to kill. They're going to kill. Why did mother say? Why did my child, who I love so much, and even taught him the Bible, why did he become a killer and kill these people? Bible insisted. You go back to the DNA and you find out that it came through the DNA. There's nothing you can do. That's why the police has to shut them down, and that's why they could continue to happening without an explanation. You have to go into the Word of God to explain it to us. The Word of God is the answer to all of our questions. It's in the water that they are brutal beasts. The beast is in their DNA. And the desire to kill the beast is taking over their mind, their heart. It's just, they're one with them, and they're just going to do it eventually. Sometimes it's a few days in between, a few years, but they still end up killing people, murdering people, raping people, beheading people. And now when the Great Tribulation began, the strong desire, it's loosened completely and they're going to be people everywhere, killing people everywhere. Nothing is stopping them for more. That's why Paul is explaining about the Holy, Holy Spirit and the church, here that we hold and what we hold, I'm just taking out of the way. Who is holding them back? The Lord. But he's holding them back to have mercy. My brother insisted. When the Lord says, all right, and the Lord is about to say, okay, he's saying to his prophet, I'm about to lift my church. Once he removes his hand, these beasts will go off like crazy. They're changing to the beasts that they are. They're not really beasts. If you see it in the spirit, and God can show you them in the great tribulation how they're going to turn into brutal beasts who devour, bow devour flesh and don't care. Remember when the Lord took me a couple of years, or well, three years into the supermarket in the future here, I remember the great tribulation began. I went in the supermarket trying to hide because I can hear the howling, the werewolf people are turning into werewolf. I said they were coming. I began to hear people in the supermarket. Hi, hi, they're coming. They began to jump through the glass of the supermarket. And I saw them jumping into people's neck, biting them, and tearing their neck, their arm, their leg apart like brutal beasts of the earth. Do you think that is something that they're going to become? The brutal beast DNA is already in them. It will be just a manifestation of what they are, Bible insisted, manifestation. See, God, when we pray to God, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. You know, uh, when, when you want God, Bible insisted, to use you and, and, and for you to show how humble you are, things like that, humility, and God will put you to trial. And then you thank God, search me and know me as David prayed. Then God shows you your own heart. And then when God shows you your own heart, it's not that God doesn't know you. It's for you to see who you really are in him. And then when you see what is in you that is not of God, you begin to repent if you're a God. But then if you see if you're not a God, what is in your heart, then you begin hating God and rejecting God and getting away as far as you can from the church. My really brother existed. Because there are people that will repent and there are people that will get worse. People that will repent come closer to God and there will people that go farther from God and reject God. And that's why you have leaders today on international television saying there's no God, saying that they're atheists. People completely rejecting God. My really brother existed. And if you say, as John said, they, they came from Amanda. They were one time of us. But no more talking about the Antichrist and the people that were follow. Hallelujah. One time they were like Christians. They were in church. They might have been leaders. But now they're completely against the church and they're persecuting the church. My brother and sister, willing to throw all the Christians in jail and kill them. But they used to be Christian? What happened? Instead of getting better, they got worse. My brothers and sisters, because God will not be much. Now listen to the dream of revelation. My brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord.
4: We're here today in our studio with Henry Groover, with one of the most remarkable testimonies of an encounter with fallen angels beneath the streets of Rome. And when I first heard this story. I was absolutely amazed because when Henry came into Bozeman about five years ago, I provided him with an illustration that was shared with me by a very high-ranking military guy who was a four-star general. And this, when he saw this illustration, these two angels bound in these chains, Henry said, that's exactly what they look like. And this thing was done almost, I would say, pretty close to uh, 17 years, Henry, after you saw it. So share if you would. Oh, after. Yeah. So your encounter you know with these entities, set it up so people can understand.
2: It was probably one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. I had been working for several years with a team called uh, Holy Ghost Commandos, or Spirit-filled Strike Force. And... uh, they did a lot of fasting and praying. Three of them were uh, Green Berets, Vietnam, very highly disciplined men, um, and would do a lot of fasting and praying, seeking the face of God as to where to do what we call the next strike. And uh, we did strikes in very strategic places all over the world in those years. And uh, so I was well acquainted with each of the other six men. There were seven of us. We had uh, walked Washington, D.C. and had prayed it for seven days. And that's a testimony in itself. But uh, anyhow, uh, I had come back from Europe and uh, was home. At that time, I was living in Portland, Oregon. And uh, one morning in 1988, the Lord spoke to me and said, get out of bed and get on your knees. And I got out of bed fully awake. I was not having a dream. I was not having a vision. The instant my knees hit the floor, I was walking the streets of Rome. And the seven men, six men of our commandos were behind me. And we came to a place on the streets of Rome where back like in 1950s, the iron doors like would open up with chains holding them leaning back. So they'd be like a natural barricade so people wouldn't fall down into the basement where they loaded uh, the merchandise for the store. And we came to a place like that on the streets of Rome. And I reached down and I pull up these big iron doors and I looked back at the men. And this is how I knew they were with me, the first sign that they were with me. And I looked back at them and I said, uh, this is where we go down. And I step over the chain and start down a spiral of ancient stone steps that I know predate the 3rd century. How do I know this? Because in my prayer walking of Europe, anything that is pre-3rd century, the the staircases up to a, a fortress, up to a defense center or whatever, uh, was designed so you hang on with your right hand if they're coming up and you try to fight with your left hand. And they realized in the third century, whoops, this is wrong. We should have them, the staircases go the opposite direction where you hang on with your left hand because most people are right handed and defend with your right hand. That's amazing. And so I knew that and uh, I know it was the staircase predating the third century. And As I'm going down, these steps are so worn, I had to almost step carefully to the right and the left of center or I'd turn my ankle. So these were very ancient steps. And as I'm going down, my commandos are above me, and the agreement that we had in our prayer walking and our spiritual strike was this, and I think this is very valuable. Whoever has the leading of the Lord, they're in lead. If they have the understanding and the command from God to go, then the other six, whoever they are, it will, it always varied with who was in lead. But the other six would be in total agreement backing them up prayerfully. Hmm. So whatever proclamation, declaration, renunciation was made, uh, Six of them were in agreement with you. Well, now that's powerful. If you figure one will chase a thousand, two ten thousand, three hundred thousand, four a million, five a billion, six a trillion. That's, that's not too bad. You see what I mean?
4: I like God's odds.
2: Yeah, they're even bigger. And uh, as we're going down this spiral staircase, uh, their prayers above me, in all my life I have never felt such a, a a manifestation of power. It's like, they sound feeble, but I don't know how to express it any other way. How do you express some things like this properly? Where do you find the language? But I felt like, almost like my head had a funnel on it, and all of their prayers and their agreement was just pouring into me in supernatural strength. I, I've never felt... Such a powerful manifestation of power coming on me and through me in all my life as that was. Uh, such boldness that I, I don't think anything could have, could have caused fear. Uh, I don't know how to say it any other way. But as we're going down and that, that power is building up in me like a giant capacitor. And as we get to the ground floor... I take one step forward uh, through an arched uh, entrance and I look to the left and as I look to the left, this massive angel is sitting like this. His wings are down over this way, he's grayish black and he looks almost, his eyes are open but the instant my foot steps into that room, he jumps up to his feet. His big hands come up like this, and he says in this deep bass voice, you shouldn't be here. Like that. And his eyes were blood red. Did you get the feeling he knew who you were too at that point? I don't know. He, it's like I caught him by surprise. And I heard it on the right as well. And I would look to the right, And here's another one, identical, almost identical, to the right. And I don't believe I'm I'm uh, in any way exaggerating. I would say they had to have been uh, at least about 30 feet, 25 to 30 feet tall. Massive. And this boldness on me, I mean, their hands were so big, they they could have literally taken hold of my head like that. Exactly like that. I, 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 I felt like I was like the size of this in comparison to their size and their hands. They could have literally popped my head off with one, one pop. But there was no fear. And this boldness in me, I pointed at the one on the right and the one on the left. As I'm saying it, I'm saying... We are here by divine commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the apostolic mantle which you have an anointing that you have bound for these many centuries are now released to the church that the church might be made ready. And they said, Whoa, we'll be going then. And out come the wings. Big, massive wings way out. And I point at the one and the other, and then I go like this, with both fingers pointing opposite directions, and I said, and you will not, but because you kept not your first estate, you are to be bound with chains until the great day of the Lord, saith the Lord Jesus Christ. And these massive links of chains come spiraling down like this. So big and so heavy, they knocked their wings and their arms down to their side. They began wrapping around their ankles and wrapped clear up under their neck. So all they could do was stand there looking up, totally bound by these chains. And after that, instantly I was back in my bedroom, in my pajamas, because I wasn't in pajamas before. I was in street clothing. <laughs> God can dress you For the occasion. For the occasion. And I looked around the room and I thought, well, I'm back in my bedroom. This was not a vision. I'm sure this was not a vision. This was totally different. And I got dressed and went downstairs. That was about 4.30 in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. My wife comes down the stairs. She says, wow. She says, you... uh, you were up early and you didn't come back to bed. I says, no, no, I, I can't. I couldn't go back to sleep. I can't go back to sleep. And she said, well, what is it? Can you tell me? And I said, well, I think so. I don't think I'm bound to hold it in. Uh, I told her and she says, wow. Do you think that literally happened? That sounds like you were translated. And I said, that's what I'm thinking. But the apostolic anointing, I... What's... I don't, I don't talk about things like that. I don't... It sounds too boastful. I mean, who am I to release the apostolic mantle back to the church that has bound, been bound since the days of the Apostle Paul? Who am I? Well, then that afternoon we get a phone call from a pastor there in Portland that had been their pastor for many years, and they took a church in, uh, by Seattle. And he said, uh, hey, Henry, he says, we're in town. My wife and I visiting our children and our new grandchild. Uh, hey, what are you doing after dinner tonight, say around 7 o'clock? Uh, you got any, any plans? I says, no, I don't. And he says, well, could we drop by? We'd just love to have some fellowship with you again. So I says, well, I don't see any problem. Judith, uh, you see any problem with having company at 7 tonight? No, no, who? no problem. So, of course, the way she does, she baked up some cake and, Got ready with hot chocolate and ready, and it was in the fall, I believe. And uh, so they're sitting there, and uh, we're fellowshipping, and my phone rings at my left hand, and I pick it up, and and it's, uh, it's one of the brothers that was a Green Beret. And when he talks, uh, and he's asked me not to give his name, okay, so I'm not going to give his name. It wouldn't matter right now, though he's with the Lord now. He went to be with the Lord, but I... He said, he, he just gave his, his first name, and he says, uh, Henry, and so-and-so. I said, yeah, yeah, I know your voice. He says, uh, Vienna, Austria, Bangkok, Thailand, Rome, Italy. Has the Lord shown you anything within the past 24 hours? Now, see, he's testing me, and I think this is significant and important. And I said, well, I, I know that we're, we're fasting, we're praying, considering uh, the gates of Vienna, uh, Bangkok, we've been discussing, but, uh, no, neither one of those. Rome, Italy. Oh, he says, okay, uh, are you at liberty to share it? I says, yeah, I, I don't fully understand it yet. So I related to him what had happened, and he says, I'll get right back to you. Well, he hangs up. That's the way he is. Boy, his long distance caller. To the point, snap, boom, gone. And, uh, I look over at this pastor, his eyes are big, and he says, Wow, you had that experience at 4.30 this morning? Do you think you were translated?
4: Why don't we explain, too, right now what translation is, okay? Yes. Because some people might link it as language. No, that mean, explain biblical translation, okay? Right. That means you're supernaturally transported from where you are praying, literally to the streets of Rome. So yes. put that, if you wouldn't mind, Henry, you know, explain Absolutely. it from your position. Because translation, yeah, uh, most you. people who will
2: see this won't
4: know how to relate
2: to That's it. That's important. That's really important, Steve. Thank you. Uh, and I said to him, uh, I don't know. Uh, all I know is it was so real, I don't know how it could have been a vision. I said, the reason is, is because when I came back into my body, I look and I'm in my pajamas, and I know I wasn't in my pajamas on those streets because when I reached down and pulled up those big iron doors, I did not see flannel pajama sleeves. So that's how I know it was in the fall of 88. Flannel's
3: not
4: a good battle, array.
2: <laughs> no, not hardly. In pajamas, you know, fighting those big demons, fallen angels. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, and the first thing I did as I come back into my room on my knees I smelled the sleeve of my pajamas. That's when I realized, oh, wait a minute. I was clothed differently. Why would I smell my sleeve? Because when you're walking in these cities, Rome, Italy, you know, anywhere like that, uh, London, European, you you pick up the smell. Everything is diesel-powered. Everything is diesel-powered. And your clothing, you blow your nose, it's like black soot out of a stovepipe. You know what I mean? When you walk as many hours as I do in those big cities. And uh, so I said, uh, I believe I, I was indeed transported or translated to Rome. But, and I said, I know the, the six men were there. I looked back and I saw them. And so I didn't have a confirmation yet. And so we're sitting there talking about this. What do you, what do you think it means, this apostolic mantle, apostolic? Because before 1988, you didn't hear hardly anything about the apostolic uh, mantle. Now everybody's an apostle.
4: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And if you don't believe that, they have a they have a business oh. card, and then they you know, they throw in another couple things: pastor, evangelist, teacher, all around general, God's man for the hour, or woman, oh, the woman man. So so Lord. that's important for people to understand, ladies and you know, gentlemen. The biblical apostolic anointing versus the assume I'm whatever I want to be and expect people to put, <laughs> you know, trust in that. So continue, Henry, because again, and and this is important, there was multiple verification beyond yes. you and your intercessors which you would call your your, you know, commandos.
2: your commandos, commandos, <laughs> you know. Where does it go from there? We're sitting and we're talking about what do you think this apostolic mantle or anointing Means And I'm saying, hey, listen, I'll be the first to say that uh, who am I to be chosen of God to release the apostolic mantle that has been bound since the days of the Apostle Paul? There was a sensitivity down in that catacomb, way down under Rome, that that's where Paul died. That stayed with me for days. That That lingered with me. And I think that's why they were there. They were binding that mantle of anointing that was over Paul as not, not a whit behind the chiefest of the apostles, as he says. But I, I really sense that. I will not say, thus saith the Lord. But for days after that, there was a sensitivity in me that kept feeling I was literally standing in the catacomb where Paul died. That would make sense, okay?
4: It would make sense from the standpoint of, you know, just as God has had you walking all over the world, taking over blood guiltiness, you know, and where he died obviously was a shedding of, uh, you know... His uh, his blood there. there. So I find it interesting the tie between where God took you, that understanding, and, and in essence, you're binding those guys with the authority And you're breaking the hole. You know what it is? It's it's kind of like what you've taught us through all your teachings and video. There is a hold where innocent blood is shed and it ties evil to that. Yes you know, I've heard you share this. But that I've never heard before. And that basically it's kind of like one of those exploding moments where, you know, that's a big deal. And it must Mm -hmm. have been I really believe that as we enter into these times where the gates of hell are opened and you've been so gracious to come and, and share with us on camera. But that's a very important point. Because, again, mm-hmm. when we get into the later uh, oh. sharing of what happened at Habu Island and, and all the events that are taking place, God is showing us a very powerful uh, lesson here, okay? That, number one, intercession, there is nothing equal to it when it comes to the power. Mm-hmm. Number two is authority and obedience. There's nothing that can withstand it. And number three, the remission of the great evil and the spiritual, uh, uh, the, the evil and the spiritual force that's that's tied to that innocent blood being shed. as
2: legal license as legal to, license to set up
4: an operational center. So so okay, we've got the Green Beret. He's calling. In. He says, "I'll get back to you." You've got a pastor there. Is probably going. I guess maybe I should have maybe oh. not
2: had this meeting today. <laughs> but, but you know, take it from there. Okay, uh, we're sitting discussing this. And my phone rings again. I don't know how long I didn't look at my watch. Uh, My wife estimated it was probably 45 minutes. And he says, uh, Henry, and he gives his name again. And he says, I just talked to Tom in Vienna. I talked to Bob in Bangkok. And I talked to Jamie in Sacramento. And he says, the other three, the other two, I have already talked to before I called you. This is why I called you, because he said, the three of us, had the same experience. Now I have just had it confirmed through Tom and through Bob and through Jamie. Henry, all six of us, we have coordinated time. You told us 4.30 this morning. I have coordinated the time with Bob in Bangkok. I have coordinated the time with Tom in Vienna and Jamie in Sacramento. Henry, me up here in, in Fairbanks, Alaska... He says, we have coordinated our times, all of us, our time goes together, wherever we are in the world, with 4.30 in the morning, your time. We believe we were transported or translated to back you up in prayer. We believe we were experiencing that because we were following you. We saw you open the iron doors. We followed you down praying. We heard you and we saw you gesture with your hands. We couldn't see what you were pointing at. But we believe God has finished the strike in Rome. Wow. The the interesting thing too,
4: Henry, is is that these men were backing you up. And I noticed there's seven total.
2: Seven of them. And us. it's
4: interesting because, you know, obviously the scriptures really pronounced about the sevenfold functions of the Holy Spirit. Woo.
2: Yeah, but, you know, I want you to ago. share
4: now, too, just when you were telling God that he's got to do something a little bit more. You know, we were talking earlier today, the whole <laughs> thing about the Lord saying, why do you limit me? I know of no case in the New Testament or even in contemporary uh, Christian history or record where seven men have been simultaneously translated at the same exact point. So share with I think it's people need to see it because we all have suggestions for God. But we all realize that he doesn't need our suggestions. Oh. you know. So I, I think
2: that's important. But go ahead. You know. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, for about two and a half years, I have been wrestling with the Lord over this. I, hey, I have been traveling and flying so many years now all over the world. I've how many been,
4: years have you been traveling and how many miles do you think you've traveled?
2: Since 1982, I have been flying all over the world. How many countries have you been in? Uh, 54 nations. And, uh, (laughs) I don't mind flying so much. It's just sitting all those hours. And then it's wasting all this time going through security. If they choose, they go through everything. You got to pull it all out and then repack it. And then you go to, you pull your clothes out of the suitcase and they've been through them and they're all wrinkled. And I'm sorry, it's just, that's my gripe, okay? That's my gripe. You're, you're tame. Gripe. You ought to
4: hear mine. Oh. We, we
2: would be bleeping mine, so not yours. But yeah, they pull your little, they pull your six-ounce tube of toothpaste that has maybe two ounces left in it. It's rolled up, and they say, uh, we're confiscating that. You know what I mean? I said, what do you mean? It, it, it can't have three ounces. It's six ounces, but it says six ounces, so we're confiscating. Okay, well, anyhow, that... All of that builds up to my complaining for about two years, two and a half years to the Lord, saying, Lord, in your word, you say, don't take two coats, two pair of shoes, or a purse. Why don't you just start transporting me, translating me across the earth, and put me there, and I'll go, and I'll do my work, and then translate me back home. And and your word says in the last days, and you know, I don't know why we do it, Steve, but we're... we're we're all guilty. We quote the Word of God to the Word of God. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Isn't it kind of weird when, if you're quoting what I've done in my life to me to try to legitimate your, legitimize your, yeah, legitimize my, your, your stand, <laughs> well, any, anyway, I had been doing that with the Lord for about two and a half years, and I'm walking back and forth in my hotel room up by Seattle, and uh, this is last, last July. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear a voice. I'm walking back more, and I turn from the bathroom and the entrance door to my room. And I hear this voice. And it says, stop limiting me. Fun around. And I look. And nobody's there. I expected a strong person to be standing right behind me. Nobody's there. I go and I look in the bathroom. I go and open the door into the hallway, looking both ways in the <laughs> hallway. Nobody's there. And I turn around and I said... Father, did you say that to me? <laughs> I'm I'm a little scared now to be honest with you. I'm I'm kind of trembling. I'm thinking, Boy, I've never had you, you know, speak like that to me. It's like you really rebuke me. And he said, Yes, you are limiting me. You don't understand what I mean in the scriptures that you quoted to me. But I'm going to show you. And instantly, I don't know if I was transported or it was vision. I don't know. I was on my feet, standing there in the room. Instantly, I am before, like millions of people around the world are before me. And I'm only appearing in front of one. And I speak to that one or just touch them and they're instantly healed. And I disappear. And now I'm over here with one, two, or three. I'm speaking to them And I'm done, and boom, I'm transported somewhere else. And in seconds of time, I have stood before so many people, and now I'm standing back in my room. And the Lord speaks to me, and he says, You see, that is what that means. You have just been asking me to transport you to Japan, Korea, Taiwan, Singapore, Malaysia, China, Uh, because you're tired of all this traveling overseas, then you can go on with the person that scheduled you, and you can do your teaching, preaching, and all that. That isn't what, in the last days, I will do a quick work and cut it short in righteousness. Wow. And I fell on my face, trembling and repenting, recognizing I have been limiting God in this mind of mine of the interpretation of His Word.
4: Wow, that, that's a pretty uh, uh, astonishing, miraculous
2: oh, object lesson. I still, I'm still shaking talking about it.
4: When, when you share this stuff, Henry, with people, you know, you've been all over. I don't know of, I would say this, if I were to, de- to define what happens with you, you get to be, if you will, almost like the point man to show the rest of people what, what God can do and will do.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Melissa with some Midnight Hour Oil. I'm kind of fighting some kind of a bug here, so please excuse the cough drop while I'm talking. <clears throat> but I wanted to come out today and share with you something that's pretty sobering. Uh, back on February 6th, I shared a dream that I had been given. And in the dream, I was shown uh, this train that had gone under the river, and then it came up like a beast. And I I felt like this this train was symbolic of the fallen angels and them emerging from under the earth, from the chains where they have been bound. And so over this past week, there have been a couple of people who uh, <clears throat> have had very similar dreams and that where they're being shown that the fallen ones are coming down to the earth, that we are in a time uh, when they are, going to return or are returning right now and I'm just going to share I'm going to read the one dream uh, somebody sent me and in this dream he writes I saw myself standing still looking upwards aware of the presence of the Lord right next to me as I looked up towards the sky fixing my gaze on what looked like a fast approaching bus leaving a trail of cloud behind it I told the Lord that is the angel of death, and so it was. It was driving the flying black bus I saw that I recognized and knew what that God was watching, standing right beside me. The angel of death bus did a grand entrance <clears throat> U-turn in the air before neatly landing about 1.5 meters from where the Lord and I were standing. Up close before the bus touched ground, Though the bus looked empty, I remember gasping and saying to the Lord, OMG, it is infested, as in jam-packed, with fallen angels. For the first time, I got to see the color of the bus. It was the blackest of black ever seen. As the bus stopped and its passengers prepared to alight, the first fallen angel stepped out of the bus, aimed and shot its deadly weapon at me. And the fallen angel, as the fallen angel shot, the, shot, the Lord allowed me to see what the angel looked like. The eye of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, sees like unto an x-ray, piercing through skin, epidermis, bones, marrow, sinews, literally. Another thing I suddenly realized after the fallen angel had shot at me was its height, incredibly tall, beyond belief. When the weapon hit me, I immediately realized that I had the whole armor of God on me. On impact, the fallen angel's weapon literally melted away. As it hit the shield of faith, which felt like the fallen angel's weapon had a shield that Had substance. It was an awesome, wondrous, yet somehow terrifying thing to behold and experience. Later on, I realized that human beings are no match to fallen angels, and fallen angels are truly no match to the one true living God, the Lord strong and mighty. Amen. So, the individual who shared that often will send prayer requests, and anyway, he shared this dream with me and and a few others that he has in an email group. And about a day or two later, I received an email about a dream that Joni Stahl had been given, which was very similar to this dream. And she comes out on a video. uh, March 4th, she shared the dream in a YouTube video. She has a YouTube channel. I'm going to provide a link to that video so you can listen to her dream. But in a nutshell, she's being shown the same thing, this darkness descending from the sky. And she sees Satan and, and she can even feel the, the presence of the evil even after she wakes up from the dream. So she was being shown the same thing. So these demonic, satanic, fallen ones are returning. Now this is something that Jesus prophesied uh, in his word. If you go to Matthew chapter 24 and read verses 33 through 39 or Luke chapter 17 verses 26 through 23, you'll see where Jesus told us that in the end times that it was going to be just as in the days of Noah. Very specifically in Matthew chapter 24 verse 36, uh, rather verse 37. Jesus said, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. When you think of the days of Noah, there's one thing that really stands out, and that is that there were many hybrid beings, Nephilim. But not only that, there were fallen angels on the earth. The fallen angels literally asked Enoch to intercede for them. And this is all in the book of Enoch, which the book of Enoch had been canonized at one time. It was removed from the canon." in about 1,100 or 1,200 A.D., more than likely because the enemy did not want us to understand what to look for during the end times. So anyway, uh, in the book of Enoch, it explains how these fallen angels, the 200 watchers, were looking for mercy. And when Enoch approached the Lord about this, the Lord told Enoch there would be no mercy. They were going to be judged. And many of them were bound under the earth. The earth was filled with violence, and we see a lot of violence emerging today, but <clears throat> with the arrival of these fallen ones, I believe we're going to see even more violence. And from the the one dream the man was given where it was the angel of death driving this bus, the purpose of these angels is obviously to bring about death upon the earth. But the whole point is, to be prepared for the, the things that are coming on the earth, which the, the level of violence has increased exponentially. And it's it sickens me to see some of the videos that are on Fox News. Uh, every once in a while I'll see, my husband watches it throughout the day, typically while he's working, and I'll see a glimpse of some assault that took place, some senseless assault on an innocent person, just somebody randomly beating them up. It It sickens me. In John 15:5 Jesus said that I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And folks, that's the key for us to remember. Apart from Christ, we are helpless. We can do nothing. And sometimes I think we forget that and we want to pursue our Our goals and our dreams and even ministries and and we we forget that without jesus we can do nothing and anything we are trying to accomplish outside of christ it's just sinking sand and if we will remain in christ if we will continue like paul to remember that we are weak but he is strong and with him all things are possible with god all things are possible but we have to come to him daily and re- recognize our own weaknesses and ask Him to make His power perfect in our weaknesses. And if we will do that, if we will remain hidden in Christ during these dark times, I truly believe that we will be preserved, that we will be kept uh, until that day. Not to say that nobody's going to suffer nobody's going to go through any kind of uh, persecution because I believe that's on the horizon and it's increasing. And at the same time that we remain hidden in Christ church, it's important for us to uh, continue to armor up daily just like the man in that dream who was sharing how he had the shield of faith in place and when that fallen angel shot the arrow or shot that weapon at him it melted away if we remain armored up with all of the spiritual armor in place that is going to make a difference in how we are going to come out of these battles Uh, the shield of faith remembering to put our hope in the word of god we it's not enough just to know the word of god we have to believe it we have to believe it and we have to remain hopeful in it just like in that parable in that last video i was talking about where jesus was telling the people about a, a an unjust king who gave a woman justice because she just kept coming to him over and over how much more will our heavenly father give us justice in the right time when the day comes and so we have to remember to believe that that even though it looks sometimes like the evil around us is 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 winning that the evil around us is prospering and we feel like we are crumbling we have to remember god is a just god and in his perfect time in his perfect way he's going to bring forth justice but if we if we lose heart and we forget that and we uh, begin to look around us at all the the horrible things happening. It's easy. It will be easy for the enemy To cause us to even turn away from the Lord in thinking he's not just he's not doing right by us uh, But we have to remember just because we're suffering doesn't mean that God isn't good Suffering is a part of being in this fallen sin infested world A lot of times you don't hear this from the pulpit, but the truth remains church that every disciple was martyred with the exception of John. Every one of them paid for their faith with their own lives. And and it's not to say none of us will. Some of us may very well be called upon to do that before the rapture. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. You know that. But at the same time, I believe that the church has been persecuted for the past 2,000 years and that that persecution is going to increase until the time that the church is removed but we have to walk in the faith that no matter what happens to us that in his perfect time in his perfect way God is going to balance the scales okay that he will make all things right and that nobody is getting away with anything but we are here right now to be the light right to let our light shine before men. So that they can see our good deeds and give glory to our heavenly Father and be drawn to the Lord Jesus through the light that we emanate in this darkness, we have to remain sober-minded, Church. These beings that are coming down onto the earth right now, we haven't faced in this generation. We have not faced this level of evil, and I believe that is exactly why the Lord last year has been show, was showing me a couple dreams and a vision that I was being hidden that he is hiding us okay because when you are facing an opponent that is beyond your ability to to fight against you hide all right and and Jesus is our hiding place and if we will remain hidden in him and stay focused on on what he's doing and and not let ourselves get off track i believe we're going to be okay so I, I hope, I pray that this message bears witness with your spirit. Again, I'm going to put a link to Joni's video in the description box. Look for that. Uh, and, and just stay hidden in Christ church. Just stay hidden in him in that secret place of his presence. As always, it is my prayer that we will all continue to keep our lamps burning bright while we wait for Jesus. I love you all. God bless you.
5: God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Um, this is Whitfield Harrington, and I have I got a serious word from the Lord for many of you, all of you who would take heed to the word and the warning that is coming forth. But before I begin this um, video, I just want to pray a brief prayer. Father, we thank you now for the message that you have for those who are listening. I pray now that the ears of all who hear this will be open to understand the mystery of the moments that we live in, that you would help us to see what you are calling us to do and where you are calling us to. We thank you, O God, and I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. for You are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, Let me say this. This is a very in-depth discussion. But you can tell by the title of the video, um, I got some things to cover. But what I want to do is I want to share with you something that happened to me this week in prayer. Um, This week in prayer, on the 16th of April, in the year 2023, I had a vision while in prayer. I had a series of visions while I was in prayer, and I knew the... The interpretation of what God was sharing with me um, was basically making references to fallen angels coming. So allow me to sort of lay out the visions to you, then sort of the biblical background, and then give you an explanation of how these things connect and how the vision is playing out even now and has had similar visions to play out the same way. So let me just tell you, um on the sixteenth of this month, I was in prayer. And as I started praying, it was like I was my vision was just transported out of space. I was transported out of space and I began to see an asteroid out of space. That was I'm just my vision was completely zoomed in on this asteroid, and I'm watching this asteroid just spin in outer space. Then all of a sudden, I'm taken back from the asteroid, and I'm shown um, another asteroid, which was so strange. I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but this particular asteroid, it was orbiting the planet of Venus. It was going around the planet of Venus. And this is the second time I've seen, I've been shown something about uh, an asteroid that's orbiting the planet Venus. I don't understand it totally, of it because I live on Earth. But God keeps showing me something that's going around Venus. Um, but that's not the totality of the vision. But he showed me one that's out of space and he showed me another one that was circling around Venus. Then I came back to the Earth. And when I came back to the Earth, all of a sudden, I could see like an asteroid come into the Earth and it landed in like a residential area. But this residential area was like a high-rise where, you know, they have the high-rise residentials, um, maybe in like a downtown city. It landed there. But I knew the very country that it landed in was France. So I saw this asteroid land in France. Um, And then I began to see additional fallen stars that were coming like in order, in an orderly fashion. And I knew as I was looking at this vision, I've, I've dealt with this enough to know what it meant. It meant that fallen angels are coming on the face of the earth and their intended place to arrive is France. All right? Now, how do I know this? Well, let me give you Bible and let me back up and give you another vision I had some years ago. I remember having this um, particular dream on February the 10th. In the year 2013, I remembered it so clear, the time that I had it, because as soon as I had the dream about this or the vision about this as I was sleeping, my phone rang. Somebody woke me up early on a Sunday morning. And when they woke me up early on that Sunday morning, I immediately knew um, that it was the week leading up to Valentine's Day. And so it was easy for me to remember um what particular day this event occurred on or this dream occurred on and followed up. So in this dream, let me share this dream with you that I had in twenty thirteen. In this dream I was standing outside my home in Mississippi at the time. I looked up in the sky and I saw the moon. Then all of a sudden another moon appeared. Then another moon appeared. Then another moon appeared and one more appeared. A total of five moons appeared. Then all of a sudden, I saw, coming from like the northeast, a falling star. And it continued to fall across the sky, but it left a big, long, white trail on it. and went completely over my head and all the way to the far, far, far west of me. And the dream ended. And as soon as that happened, the phone rang. I woke up, and I just rehearsed to the person what I just saw. And I said this, I said, I don't know what the moons specifically represent, whether it's four cycles of the moon or four nights, or f- or whether it's five cycles of the moon, excuse me, or whether it's five nights. And it turned out the moons represented just a night. So what that vision meant that I had on February 10th was in five moons or in five nights or in five days a fallen angel is going to come on the face of the Earth. Now, what happened on February the 15th? Prior to February the 15th, NASA had been tracking an asteroid that was going by the Earth, was expected to pass by the Earth, but not to enter into the Earth's atmosphere. But when the asteroid got close, all of a sudden, without notice, it changed course, and without warning, it entered into the Earth's atmosphere, and it landed in a city in Russia. This was on February the 15th in the year 2013. And so when I saw that, I remember seeing that long trail on the, on the fallen star that I saw in my dream, and I says, oh, boy, that is not just a regular, you know, meteorite. That is actually a fallen angel because I've been shown this already. Now, how can I say from a biblical perspective that this is a fallen angel? The scripture clearly lays it out. If you, if you if follow me here, I'm going to show you something. How Jesus, when he appeared to John in the book of Revelations, he showed us the spiritual symbolism of stars. In Revelations chapter 2, verse 1, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus writes, These things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks." So let me give you context of what Jesus is saying and what John is seeing. John um, speaks of, when he's, In the Spirit, in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, he turns around and he sees someone standing there, and it's Jesus. But he noticed that in his right hand, he's holding seven stars, S-T-A-R-S, in his right hand. And here it is in in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 1, when Jesus began to give the message to John, he tells him in the first church, to make reference that this message is coming from the one that holds the seven stars in his right hand. Now, if he's holding seven stars in his right hand, he's telling us something significant about the seven stars. If you want to understand the mystery of the seven stars, you have to simply bag back back to, tw- to the first chapter. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20. Where he says, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Listen to that. And the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. So he says, the symbolic stars that are in my hand. The seven stars that are in my hand. They represent the seven angels of the seven churches. So he's telling us that these stars represents angels. All right? So let's take it a step further. When you read the book of Revelations chapter 9, Revelations chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, And verses 11. I'm going to read this very slowly so you can hear it. Revelations chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, and verse 11 says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit. And there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. All right? Verse number 11 says, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue, had his name Apollyon. So here in Revelation chapter 9, John is saying when the angels were blowing the trumpets, he saw a star fall from heaven. He saw a falling star. Scientific word, he saw an asteroid. And as it comes into the Earth's atmosphere, it becomes a meteorite. He said, I saw a falling star star fall from heaven to the earth. But notice he says and to him. He didn't say and to it. He's saying that there was a fallen star or a falling angel that had the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit. And the smoke of the great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And then verse 11 goes on to tell us that there was a king that was controlling all of those forces that came out of the bottomless pit. And the king um, went by the Hebrew tongue name Abaddon and by the Greek tongue name Apollyon. So this sets the biblical context of the biblical symbolism of a star. Jesus is holding stars, and then John says he saw a fallen star. So what you will see is fallen stars, many times in visions and dreams, they represent falling angels. I can go back um, and begin to see many of these things um, throughout history. And there's something that I want to point out that I, I, as I, I saw this particular vision in April, when I saw this particular, April the 16th, when I saw this particular vision, I remember seeing, I was out of space, I saw this asteroid striking France, and I saw multiple falling stars coming. And I heard the word, I don't know how to pronounce it, I don't, I mean I don't know how to spell it, but I heard the word Guinness. It was whispered very light when I heard it, Guinness. How did we spell it? I don't know, but I remember hearing it as I was watching these things unfold. Now, normally when these particular entities come to the earth, they don't come to the earth to celebrate. They come to the earth to start wars. Let me give you two significant um, meteorite incidents that recently happened. Number one, let's just talk about the one that just happened in 2013. Um, so, in February 2013, God gave me that vision of the asteroid that landed in Russia before it happened. It landed on. February fifteenth in the year 2013, all right? One year and five days later, February the 20th, 2014, Russia invaded and annexed the country of Crimea. You probably, if you're old enough to remember, probably can remember that event. That happened approximately just one year later after that asteroid hit and landed in Russia. Now, if you back back in history, you will also see something happen in 1908. June the 30th, 1908, another asteroid landed in all places, Russia. But it landed in there, I think it was the Siberian region of Russia, and when it landed, the reports was that it flattened or it destroyed so many millions of trees that it destroyed an area that was the equivalent of 830 square miles. If you were to put that into perspective, that's the square mileage of the largest land-based city in the United States, which is Los Angeles, square miles perspective, and New York City combined. So when this asteroid hit, it destroyed the amount of territory that was the equivalent of Los Angeles and New York City. So that's a lot of area to cover. But shortly thereafter, you begin to see the Bolshevik Revolution begin to emerge inside of the Soviet Union, which eventually led to World War One. So you can see that there's some sort of significance that's coming into play with these particular beings coming to the earth. Now, being that they're coming to the earth, and the Lord has showed it to me, I'm certain now, I'm not certain, I'll just share this with you, whether or not a physical asteroid this time will actually land in France, or whether or not I'm just being shown that what you see occurring in France either is currently happening under the influence of a fallen angel, or you're about to see some things rise out of France because of the activities of a fallen angel, or perhaps both, all right? And so the question then becomes, how should we pray? How should we process this? How should we know? One of the things that helps believers, one of the things that helps all people is when light comes into a situation, meaning understanding. When we know that these are actions or activities that are being caused by fallen angels, the more people know this, the less effective their strategy becomes. Because devils that work in conjunction with with satanic agents and fallen angels, they like to work in secret. They don't want anybody to know what they're doing. And when someone begins to tell what they're doing, it brings light to the situation. It brings understanding to the situation, to where someone said, this is what is happening, and when people know what is happening, there is light now shining on darkness that exposes it and weakens it. So now that the world is out what's happening, and even if you turn on the news now and you see things going on in France, you see things going on even you know in lots of parts of the world things that are happening. But the spotlight, spiritually speaking, as I was praying, God put it on France. So the key now is how should we pray? One of the um, things I'll I'll say, not because I want to put the spotlight on myself, I've had some experience in battling, I should say, or being attacked by fallen angels. Um, One was quite recently, and I had this strange experience one night where I was in my bed, and all of a sudden these big hands came out of my headboard just from over the top of my head and kind of wanted to press down on my chest. And they were, I mean, probably two or three times larger than my hands. And they looked like the hands, almost like a man, but they were just a little bit more pure in color. Um, And when it went to press down on me, it was as if there was something that was on me that prevented it from creating any pressure on me. It managed to push me, but imagine that it's like a casing or something was around me that prevented it from doing any harm to me. And so I woke up, and I was like, what was that? Because I normally know that angels have a tendency, they don't touch you, all right? They don't just walk up and touch human beings like that, unless there is a purpose for them to touch you. But just hands on, they normally, I've seen that they normally just don't do that. So that didn't fit the normal protocol of an angel for me. And so I began to pray and I looked through my notebook and I noticed I had, had paid attention to it that I had a particular dream where I saw an asteroid had come through the ceiling of my house and landed in the house. And I knew then That this strange thing that I saw that night was a fallen angel. Well, one of the things I will say, glory be to God, is I don't find fallen angels difficult to deal with. I don't. Because I don't deal with them. And you shouldn't deal with them either. You don't bind them. You don't rebuke them. You pray that God will lose angels to arrest them. All right? It's very simple. Um, And where do I get that from? Revelations chapter 20. Revelations chapter 20, verse 1 through 3. It says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven having a key. Picture this. Here comes an angel with a key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. A great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him that he should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So John said, I saw an angel coming from heaven with a key to a bottomless pit. And he had this gigantic chain in his hand. And he went and he grabbed the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and he bound him and cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up and set a seal on him that he should not deceive the nations no more. So what we have here is the Word of God showing us how to deal with fallen angels. You allow God to send angels to arrest them is the easiest way I can explain it. Because you can clearly see that the devil was arrested. He was handcuffed with some chains. He was incarcerated in the bottomless pit. And he was sentenced to a thousand years in the bottomless pit, according to this passage of scripture. So when you're praying concerning these matters and you begin to see this, cry out to God that he will lose his angels to arrest any fallen angels and to arrest any agents that are working in conjunction with them. We have a right as men and women on this planet to ask our Heavenly Father to intervene in the affairs of humanity. And when angels come here, remember that the earth was given to mankind, not to angels. We are the rightful, amen, inhabitants of the planet. Make no difference whether we're righteous or unrighteous. He gave the earth to me. And so when fallen angels come, they have to come by invitation of someone on the earth. It can be some wicked leader. It can be a wicked group of people who are invoking fallen angels to come and to bring things um, to the planet. But we also, as children of God, can pray that God would send his angels to arrest these particular types of spiritual beings that we find ourselves fighting with. And it is my prayer for you, amen, that you don't be alarmed by what you see, neither be afraid by what you see. Um, And if I will, uh, I don't want you to get the notion of being super frightened by fallen angels. I personally, amen, um, I haven't dealt with many of them, but i don't I don't find them to be in my personal experience very dreadful. Um, the Lord has kind of given me a psychological snapshot of a fallen angel's mind, and it's really a sad state of mind all right um, if you find a person that that didn't make it to heaven that went to hell and that person Never got to see what heaven was like. Never knew what it was like to be in the presence of the Lord, be in the presence of angels and the worship that happens in heaven. But keep in mind that all the fallen angels, they know. They know what it's like to live in, as they call it, that place. <laughs> that, that's the way they speak of it. That place. They're referring to heaven. So they're, they're upset that they were foolish enough to follow Satan, attempting to overthrow. They're upset that they were foolish enough to follow Satan, attempting to overthrow God, knowing, uh, I guess, not enough information that God was not just going to say, okay, y'all dust yourself off and get along, all right? But he put them out. Put them out for eternity. And gave them a new kingdom, which is under the feet of men, which is hell itself. So it's important, amen, to understand that the mindset of these fallen angels is really something that's very, very, very depressed. Because can you imagine being At a place where you had access to the throne of God, and you know the day is coming when you're going to be confined to the worst form of torment that exists in the lake of fire. That's the mindset of a fallen angel. So by no means will I um, try to paint a rosy picture of them. They're some vicious creatures because they have nothing to gain, everything to lose. So they come out, you know, with the intent of just simply destroying what looks like God, which is humanity and his creation. And so we have to be wise to understand now how to pray in this time, how to pray in this particular season as the Spirit of the Lord is sharing with us. So I want you to continue to follow, amen, these events and be prayerful when you see them. Be prayerful in asking God to loose angels to intervene in these matters. I want to pray with you, amen, so as the Lord will continue to guide you even beyond this lesson. Father in heaven, we thank you now for this message. We thank you, oh God, for what you are able to do in these matters. And Lord, we come together and we touch and agree and we ask for the divine intervention of heaven. We pray, God, because you have given us a right to come before the throne of grace and to ask for mercy. And Lord, we know that the enemy, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. So we pray now, Father, yes, that you would loose the heavenly hosts to arise and to arrest those powers, to arrest those angels that come to bring death and destruction to the nations, O God. We plead, O God, there are many voices of darkness to say, oh God, that you should not do it because of the wrong that we have done, the sin that we have done, and that your judgment is due. But oh God, the word also tells us that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So we pray for grace. We pray for mercy. We pray for your divine intervention, Father, in the name of Jesus. As we touch and agree right now, Father. We loose the hand of God to release the angelic hopes to arise and to prevent the activities of these angels, O oh God, these fallen angels, O oh God, from bringing death and destruction in massive numbers. We pray now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that you would continue to teach us how to pray effectively concerning these things right now in the name of Jesus. As we need to know how to pray fervently and effectually in these days, Lord. We're so grateful and thankful, Lord, that you're helping us and you're raising us up in this hour to be intercessors. Not just for ourselves and our households and our ministries, but for nations, oh God. And we thank you right now as we bless your holy name now. In Jesus' name we pray and thank God. Amen and amen. Well, I hope that you were blessed by this lesson. Amen. And I pray that you will continue, amen, to pray with me as the Lord continues to show us the things that we need to be praying concerning. God bless you, and I'll see you in the next video.
6: Blessed, most merciful Heavenly Father, I come before you and I ask that your blessing in doing this great commission that you asked me to do. I ask that the Holy Spirit guide me, and lead me, with the words in my mouth that you would have me speak. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I affirm that the testimony that I am about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, to the best of my memory, so help me God. God wants you to know that this is important for you to believe me and what I am about to tell you. A couple of years ago I received a calling from God to be a watchman and to sound the alarm in times of danger. Now I ask you, what is a watchman who refuses to speak and sound the alarm when the alarm is due? that watchman will have blood on his hands at the judgment. I refuse to stand before my God at the judgment and have blood on my hands. God has shown me again and again and again that he has called me for a special work. I am nobody by myself, I am just the dust of the earth. I have my faults, my weaknesses, and my failings, and I have had tons of doubts, but no more. A couple of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit came to me, and woke me, and gave me a message. I felt it was so important I got up out of bed and I wrote the message down as a note to myself. I prayed on it and I fell back to sleep until the next morning when I was busy getting ready to go to Sunday school, to go to church, I forgot about the note. And then Brother Danny, our Sunday school teacher, said in his lesson, he said it not once, but he said it twice, be not afraid, speak. I felt that Brother Danny was giving me a message from God. I, I just knew it. I felt it in my heart. After that service, I went home, and like normal, I went straight to bed for a nap. When you get older, you kind of want to take naps. But But an hour later, I woke up. Something, Something woke me up, and I remembered the note that I had written myself the night before. I didn't really remember what I had written, only that the note was important. And I wrote the note to myself Saturday night. I got out of bed, and I found the note the Holy Spirit had given me as a note to myself. And it read, Be not afraid, speak. Then I remembered the Holy Spirit told me Saturday night, Be not afraid, it's time to speak, and sound the alarm. I was so moved that I got out of bed at 1 a.m. and wrote it as a note to myself. And here is the note that I wrote to myself Saturday night that the Sunday school teacher gave Sunday morning as a message. Then last week I found this scripture, Acts 18 and 9. Then spake the Lord to Paul in a night by vision, Be not afraid, speak, and hold not thy peace. Now I ask you, is God trying to tell me something, or am I just imagining it? Deuteronomy 19, 15. At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall a matter be established. As a witness I give you myself, Brother Danny, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible. But I was still afraid, and in some ways now more than ever, I was still afraid to speak. I asked you, if God asked you to do what he has asked me to do, could you do it? Then several days ago the Holy Spirit came to me, waking me up again. And this time the Holy Spirit was very short and very direct, telling me, If you do not have the courage to speak now, then you will not have the courage to not deny me later. That message hit me like an electric shot. Wouldn't it you? And this is that note that I wrote to myself that night at the Holy Spirit giving. A couple of weeks ago, on Sunday night, I had a dream. I dreamed that an angel took me by the hand and said, follow me. We instantly shot up into space and I saw the world turning below us as a huge globe slowly spinning beneath us. I was not afraid. I was calm. I was at peace. Then somewhere over the Middle East we plunged to the earth and went deep into the earth. Then I was shown these caves and they were filled with what looked to be empty jail cells with bars and doors. All were open. I was told that these cells held demons that had already been released on the earth. Then I was shown four beasts, or more correctly they were fallen angels, that were chained to the walls. They were not in cells, but they were just chained to the walls. One beast was pointed out to me, and I was told that their leader, that they would be responsible for slaying and the torture of much of mankind during the tribulation. The leader of these beasts would not turn to look at me, and I was thankful because I did not want to look into the eyes of this beast. This beast was filled with rage and hate against God. But it could not touch God, so its rage was focused on what God loved, his creation, us. These beasts and their demons will make war with us. After that dream, I was shown this Bible verse, Revelation 9, 14, and 15, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, and a month, and a year or to slay the third part of men at the mouth of two or three witnesses shall a matter be established Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Matthew 24, 21, 22 For then shall be great tribulations, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time no nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Galatians 6 and 7 Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9 For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. We who are faithful in Jesus and watching for his coming will be raptured. Only Jesus can save us. Jesus is our ark, and there is safety in him, and in him only. Revelations 3 and 16 So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Consider this verse very carefully. I am talking to everyone, including myself. If you think you might be lukewarm, it's time to pray. Humble yourself, get on your knees and pray. Pray to be in the will of God and to be found worthy. You do not want to miss the rapture. Our time here on this earth is but a mist and a vapor, and then it's gone. But our time in heaven will be eternal, but we are only here for a short while. That means we are just visiting here. So does that mean we are all missionaries here? Right here, right now? Yes, we are. We are all missionaries. What are you doing to promote your missionary work here for Jesus? Do you knock on doors? Do you talk to people? Do you tell them about the love of Jesus? When was the last time you invited someone to church? Has it been a while? Maybe we should, in these last days, double our efforts to get these lost souls into church. How many times has the minister given altar call and no one came, not even me? How many times has the minister asked us to testify before the congregation and no one did, not even me? It's not right, it's sad, when we haven't anything to pray about and no one has anything to be thankful for, something is dreadfully wrong. If you are planning on reading the Bible, you might want to start with Revelation, as you might not have time to finish the whole book, especially if you're a slow reader. The Holy Spirit has impressed upon me that our time is critically short. Here on this earth, we need to do all the Lord's work tirelessly, peacefully, diligently, until the rapture. If you were on your deathbed in a hospital, tell the nurses about the love of Jesus and invite them to church. It's that important. Remember, God keeps a record of what we do or don't do. After the rapture, God's wrath and Satan's wrath will be poured out unto the world and there will be no place that will be safe, except in the rapture. This is your warning. I am sounding the warning trumpet with all my might. Time is very, very short and we who are faithful in Christ will be going home very soon. It's time to get your loved ones in. It's time to humble yourselves before God. It's time to do the Lord's work vigorously. It's time to pray as none of us prayed. Please heed this warning. It's important. Our God would not have gone through all the trouble in dealing with
5: me to give this...